welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast, episode 295. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP, this week for the people, we go back into the temple for a review of Lucha Underground. This time it's season three, episode one. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, the they have dove headfirst into the paranormal, the supernatural, the mystic, the however you want to describe it. Um, Seemingly, yeah. there's not a ton of that in this first episode. Like, there's well, they're laying the no, but they're getting there. Stuff. Yeah, right. Because Matanza has been unleashed. Mm-hmm. You know, Mil Muertes has it been feels, banished. And, and and you might correct me when we get more deeper into this here, but it yeah. feels like, in my memory, this this was a victorious time for the company. They're coming back for this third season. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. and it's. But then, like, when you look back at it now, that third season and the contracts that were signed and, like, the, yeah. the way that El Rey treated the renewal into season four and all the mess of that, like, this is not very... It's, it's, a, it's a false hope at this point like the the excitement is misplaced at this point yes for this well, it, in, i mean you know we, hindsight yeah and we can get into all that later obviously mm-hmm. we can um but you know a lot of good was going on as well as this exactly. company and, and I, that's I, why and they're yeah that's why it's so interesting is like everything feels like so so much on the up and it's like mm-hmm. it is but it kind of yeah. is not going to um, anyways, Absolutely. we'll talk more about it. The reason we're talking about this season three premiere, episode 66, season three, episode one of Lucha Underground is because this is a wrestling review podcast. Me and Tony get together. We talk about an event that we agreed to watch the show before. It's like the Oprah's Book Club, but for wrestling nerds, for any and all information about the show, links to all of our social media accounts. You can find that online at goldenagepodcast.com. Yes, absolutely. Please do so. And if you have a request, we're open-eared and um, eager to give that a listen. So, uh, hmm. yeah, please don't be shy and please reach out and say hi. Absolutely. Definitely reach out. But, uh, Tony, before we can dive into the world of wrestling, I know you, like myself, made a trip to the movie theater this weekend. And apparently a lot of other people, you just informed me before the show, when we were talking about current wrestling, that this sh- this movie did very well in the movie theaters. But... Uh, did what did you think of uh, the movie Jackass Forever? Yeah, well, I mean, I should temper that a little bit that it wasn't Spider Man money. Okay, I think it made like I think it made like twenty three million dollars, but well, it, it, was, I, it was enough for it to be number one at the box office. I will so. say, I went to the earliest showing that was available to me at three uh, three forty, and that place was the most packed I've been in a movie theater wow. since the pandemic. So I was probably was in about a half full room. When I went and saw it last night, gotcha. but it was a good crowd. Everybody had a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, man, it was, uh, I really enjoyed myself. Obviously people of our age have a certain nostalgia associated to the jackass, mm-hmm. you know, the, the crew itself, you know, the time in history when that show was popular, you know, the MTV series, the yeah. kids doing that shit, which is funny that we did that shit with our friends when we didn't film it. You know what I mean? Like there was just a mm-hmm. time that, no one could understand now that like YouTube existed, but you didn't really like know you were, you could just put anything you wanted on there. And you imitated this crap just for your own like entertainment amongst yourselves because you didn't even necessarily record it because cell phones, you know, didn't really have that capability at the time. So mm-hmm. no, this was um, a lot of fun. I went with, you know, a couple of friends of ours, friends, you know, Jason and Chris that, you know, 
we watched the show together yeah. you know, when we were teenagers and even the way the movies were released, you know, it was kind of so, you know, so many years, you know, and it was kind of mm-hmm. like as you age, you, you almost aged with them, you know, like you definitely felt their pain, maybe even a little bit more as, you know, your body yeah. started to hurt more and more. No, that's true. And that is, there's, I, I, like I was, like you were saying at the beginning, I agree. Like I enjoyed myself a lot. Like if mm-hmm. I'm being critical, I don't think it's as good as the earlier ones, but I don't right. think it's, it's right to expect it to be, you know? Uh, um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, listen, also, yeah, I mean, if I, yeah, I will yeah. say just the way that the world has changed, like you can see it from Jackass two to Jackass three, and they mm-hmm. talked about it from Jackass one to Jackass two about like their rising fame and then like made it so pranking other people made it was harder, like in public. Yeah. And then also just the way the world has changed made it so some pranks aren't as cool to do to other people as others, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things where you look back at the original show, it's a little bit different than what it is now. It feels a little bit to me like once you introduce the new crowd, like the new people, I I guess it was like put more blatantly out there that it's just like the show does kind of feel a little bit like ow my balls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dude. No, it's... you know, it's funny. Yeah, you're sitting there in the theater, like you do kind of think about that at some point. Because that, that is one thing I'll say. Like, um, as much as I enjoyed it, if I was being critical, it was like <laughs> these guys were on a mission to just demolish their testicular region. Because <laughs> that's all they're that's all they're allowed to do anymore. They're not <laughs> right. I mean, it was and it was like almost. I would say like sixty five percent of the movie mm-hmm. is the mutilation of dick and balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mostly Aaron McGee. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he got a lot. I was curious. It's also a strange movie because it's very obviously shot in like two segments, where it's like yeah. all the stuff they were shooting leading up to the pandemic, pandemic mm-hmm. hitting, Johnny Knoxville learning that he doesn't give a shit about coloring his hair, and then them coming yep. back post pandemic. <laughs> you know, it is wild. Post, yeah, you're right. And it's a very interesting thing that way because it also yeah. feels like there's a few guys that maybe they weren't around as much post pandemic. And, and like, they kind of like fade away from the movie. Like Dave That's England You're like, right. at times feels like he's not really there, even though you'll see him in the background, but like, he just doesn't yeah. say shit throughout the whole movie until suddenly he gets come in his mouth. Like it's Dave it's England felt was one of the ones that made you feel like aging hasn't exactly impacted all of them equally. <laughs> yeah. No, but as far uh, as I think Dave's had some rough years. What'd you think of uh, the the new cast? I guess um, you know I was player. actually pretty pleasantly surprised that like I was I I that I hate you know I hate it's a weird to, that Poopy's guy was really good. I like feel, I was I feel like they named him that. Like this was my 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 thought process during like when it first. He's was a YouTube said, guy. Okay, he's I didn't YouTube know guy. this. Yeah, yeah. So originally I was just like, all right, they've got this guy who suddenly called Poopies. I was right. like, it feels like the dumbest name possible. Yeah. It, it feels also like it's one of those things where it's like, this guy's probably going to be like one of those people that the internet will instantly dislike. So if we give him the worst name, maybe they'll like be so upset about that, that then they'll come around on him by the time that they watch him in the movie. You know what I mean? But no, yeah, he, uh, he was good. The, the big guy, the big guy was really good. I felt a little bit bad for the one kid that like, Basically gets Jasper. replaced by his dad midway through the movie, and then is just like there to watch his dad react to shit for the rest of the way. Well, that was the only thing that like that was kind of funny was I wonder if he wasn't someone that's maybe impacted by like the pandemic and stuff because um, he was like he did nothing 
Like his dad was more involved than he was. Yeah, like he so. he's in the very first like first part of the movie. The first time you see him, he's yes. doing some like kind of stunt. Like, but then like you're right. From that point on, it's like very little do you see him. It's just his dad doing stuff or getting talked into doing stuff. Yeah, which, um, but yeah, but just before we like Poopy's guy, like I was surprised. That was the kind of guy where you're like, I'm immediately my reaction is I'm going to dislike this person yes. because of his name and his like. Kind of, but he has such like. I don't know how to describe it. Like a, like there's a, he has a certain charm to him, even in like his absurdity Yeah. that I actually found myself like really inter- like finding him entertaining and like enjoying his involvement. Um, mm-hmm. really liked Ra- Rachel Wolfson. I was, she was really impressive. Yeah. Um, she took that taser to the tongue, like a champ. That was pretty wild. Seriously. Oh man. When they like, when they revealed the guillotine, I was like, but but what are they what what are they gonna hit? Like like you like the neck would be too dangerous. I was like, they wouldn't do the neck. And then like once it was revealed to be the shins, like that's the worst possible option. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, there's no way that this person's being quiet during this. <laughs> um, no, probably not. And she also did the uh, the scorpion biting on the lips. Mm. That was pretty intense. So yeah, um, I wasn't really bothered by any of them. I was kind of like expecting to dislike anybody new. Yeah, but ultimately I was, you know, I came away liking them all quite a bit. I a couple other things that I came away thinking is it's like we need to find ways to do shit that doesn't cause trauma to the head quite so frequently on this on this yeah. stuff. Yeah, especially in any of the press junk stuff I've seen from Knoxville. Like, oh yeah, Knoxville's done, dude. Knoxville is like Troy Aikman, Steve Young at the end of their football careers, where the doctors are like, if you get one more concussion. Mm-hmm. You're going to be brain dead. You know, like, yeah, and Knoxville's like pretty much gotten that brain damage during one of the stunts on this one. Yeah, it went through like three weeks of like cognitive dissonance, like where he was just, yeah, after that bull thing. Cause also the marching band treadmill was a fucking disaster. Oh, it looked like everybody it was, got a concussion on that. on that. That took Steve O out of the movie. That was it for like mm. Steve O couldn't do like any stunts after that. Okay. I mean, filming wise and editing, they, but I mean, like after he was, cause he hits his head on the treadmill. Yeah. And he is out limp flying through the air and then hits the, his head again Jeez. when he's knocked out. Like, so I would just say I was still Jason, our friend. And I said, I think you can keep Knoxville involved. He he's a mascot at this point. All right. <laughs> Let's not kill Johnny Knoxville. He can introduce the segments. I want, and, I want Johnny Knoxville to be the guy from dodgeball in the scooter. It just like coming in. <laughs> you got to dip, dive, duck and yeah. dodge and throwing. And also let's give Preston Lacey some love because he put himself out there in a few, I'm sure very uncomfortable sketches for himself. And uh, he was a trooper. It looked like so. Oh no, it was a fun time though. It was a fun time at the movie yeah. theater. I enjoyed myself very much. And then I was re- super because I haven't been to an AMC in a while. Their prices mm. are a little crazy as far as their popcorn and stuff. It's like, well, <sighs> you might as well get a large because it's all the oh, same. Absolutely. So Dude, I did the large. Large and large. Large and large, folks. Don't even I've say been, any of this. I've been eating on that popcorn for two days now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Nothing wrong with that. But that brings us now to the show. It's time to chat a bit about what's going on in the world of wrestling. Let's kick it off with our segment, The Sid Vicious Dishes. That board with this look on my face. It was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to stereotype me. It's the big dumb guy. And I have half the brain that you do. My disposition is not something I was born with. 
and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. All right, Tony, we are live. What do we got this week? EP, we are live, and we have Royal Rumble Fallout. We've got Rumble winners. We've got titles to uh, make a claim for at the show of the Immortals, WrestleMania. Ah, yes. And uh, one made us wait. The other came out at the very beginning of Raw. So we'll get to it. Adam Pierce is out to talk about the Elimination Chamber, where Bobby Lashley would defend the, the title. WrestleMania Chamber. Other... Well, they didn't end up quite going that far. <laughs> but, um... No, but it's funny because during our current wrestling, when I like when you mentioned that it's going to be in Saudi Arabia, like I had yeah. completely forgotten there was a Saudi show. I was kind of getting excited about these builds towards this rest, this mm-hmm. Elimination Chamber match, and then as soon as that announcement made came in it's just like oh well all right i guess i'm not as excited anymore but anyways right. go ahead what were you leaning up to yeah so he announces that bobby lashley would defend the title in the elimination chamber against five other individuals here comes lashley and mvp and of course they're very upset but that's really not what we're here to talk about all that whining eventually leads to brock lesnar making his presence known the winner of the men's rumble match mm-hmm. um Brock, you know, Brock says, who says Bobby knows he didn't beat him on Saturday night? You know, where's the pride in a win like that in regards, you know, to Roman helping Lashley get the win over Brock? Um, Brock mentions that he only won because of the interference, but he isn't mad at Bobby. And, you know, he's like, I just went back out there and entered the Royal Rumble and won the thing, you know, but tells Bobby not to worry because he's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because reasons. (laughs) It's like... You're in the ring with the guy that cheated to beat you for this belt that you just lost. Yeah, okay. but I don't give a shit about this belt. This belt right. doesn't matter. It's the one this, that's on. This, oh, I still got this belt. This penance. Throw it down. It's all about um, the heart of Paul Heyman. It's that's all. It, it is. is. But don't worry, folks. It gets worse or better, however you look at it. I suppose. Um, Brock tells us what I think you and I have been talking about since like last November. Um, says it's going to be title versus title him and Roman, and that's why he's also going to win the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. It's like, you are some kind of son of a bitch. You know that? <laughs> um, and he also wants a rematch right now. MVP, of course, holds Lashley back, doesn't let that happen. You know, Brock calls him chicken shit. So mm-hmm. he got a, you know, got the S word in there on USA. Uh, Bobby left, but then Brock just like stared at Adam Pierce until he announced that he will be in the Chamber match. <laughs> so there you go. Brock Lesnar in 10 minutes has got himself a world title match at WrestleMania and he's entered himself in the elimination chamber. Not only did so, I win, you know, the, the match that gets me into the main event of WrestleMania, I yeah. have just demanded a second main event and I have gotten yeah. it. Yeah. So did he need to win the Royal Rumble at all, DP, at the end of the day? Yes. Maybe. He still wouldn't have gotten the match with Roman without it. Well, I mean, that's obviously, you know, you could work around that. But you're right. Not a direct path to Roman, I suppose. Yeah. So at the end of Raw, WWE decided, hey, let's promote a match 
that everyone would really like to see and just not to give it to them. Because we get Ronda Rousey, who is out here to talk about the Rumble. Boy, you can tell she's been working on her promo skills since she left. She's <laughs> You're being sarcastic? Uh, as much as I can be. Okay. Yeah, she's still has the personality of a cardboard box, unfortunately. But she's box office, I guess. But she's out here to talk about the Rumble with all the enthusiasm of a you I know, wet towel. Segment. I, I watched the, the Charlotte segment in its entirety, but... Oh, well, you didn't watch the better one, though. Oh, okay. Ronda talks about Becky being a disappointing champion. Uh, here comes big time Bex. In a who, ridiculous course, looking outfit. Oh, dude. What was this, like, Queen of Hearts thing she had going on? There it was, was amazing. There so many colors. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it looked like, yeah, it was wild. And she comes out, and to the surprise of no one, like, if there's one thing, well, I'll wait till we talk about all of it. I mean, Becky was already well on her way to being amazing mm-hmm. when they were in the first go around, we know when she was the man, you know, the man thing, it just kind of sparked at survivor series that year and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Becky two years later. I mean, this is like Mike Tyson boxing a child. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I think that's almost why you can't do this match. Cause my God, mm-hmm. a month of these promos and you'd be, you just think why would Ronda even show up? You know, um, so anyways, you know, it's the, Becky it's the said, Kevin Nash CM Punk situation. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, 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 Hunter, I I don't feel good today. I'm going to call and say, um, Becky says she wouldn't blame her for going the easier option and facing Charlotte. Um, Becky wants her to choose soon, though, because she wants to know who she's going to beat next. Um, you know, Rhonda, of course, at that point could only you know resort to violence. Mm-hmm. She took Becky down. And said she'll have her decision on Friday. And uh So that means well, not actually, you. <laughs> what's that? So, so that means not you. Yeah, not you pretty much. But anyways, I guess while we're here, because I forgot to mention it in current wrestling, this did lead to Becky standing up and talking more shit until Lita came out. Yes. And again, I was like, ooh, this would be a fun WrestleMania angle. Yeah, but uh, no. the thing is, Lita's here for a paycheck from these Saudi yeah. shows. So, <laughs> yep. So, and we talked about this, that she, you know, she turned down AEW. They got her mm-hmm. to sign back and they promised her some actual involvement. Oh, and here you go. We're going to get so. you a million dollar payday in a single day. Ugh, anyways, whatever. So, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about WrestleMania decisions. And uh, on this road to WrestleMania, there is a Goldberg speed bump that appeared on the beginning of SmackDown after Paul Heyman, folks. Literally, I thought my head was going to explode. He is just like <laughs> I can't even. I can't take it anymore. Well, they, I, I, I feel like they fifteen probably, minutes, dude, just went on and on and feel, on and. Ugh. I feel like when they first wrote this segment, there was a lot more Goldberg, and then <laughs> they got to they got the script, and they were like, "Goldberg's not going to do this, guys," and they're like, "We'll just have Paul fill a little bit more," and then like. They went back and forth with the like Goldberg's people, and then it kept coming back as needing to be shorter and shorter until it was just right. leave Paul out there. Goldberg will come out for three minutes, say you're next, and then we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, because again, as we just did with Lita and uh, Becky, Goldberg is going to challenge Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia for the Universal Title. Yeah. So Roman's got Brock at WrestleMania. He's got Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, and at the end of SmackDown, and I think Goldberg. We've- 
uh, I'm pretty sure in the last interview I saw something about like a headline of it. This is his last match on his contract. This is it. Oh, okay. So, and then he's gonna be AEW bound, probably. Probably, yeah. Then then he'll, he'll go job to Cody one night, and then we'll be done. <laughs> and we'll see. No, apparently, dude, they because when I see Goldberg now, I think this is what Vince wishes Austin could have kept himself up for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because they love this. They love mm-hmm. this. Just whenever you want to quarterly, just throw him out there. Let the crowd do the gold. Yeah, crowd gets a little excited, gold. then he goes away. You know, like yeah. whatever. I wish wish they'd stop sacrificing WrestleMania for it, but we'll see. But at the end of SmackDown, we got we know Brock Lesnar's challenging Roman Reigns, and hey, let's keep all the good stuff on Fox because that's what this company's done for the last two and a half years. Ronda Rousey challenges Charlotte at WrestleMania. Um, there was more. There was a whole segment. Sonya and Charlotte were out there. WrestleMania, bitch. And then we got the Michael Cole. Oh yeah, like he loves. I mean, listen, it wouldn't bitch. be a it wouldn't be a women's wrestling segment if one of them didn't refer to another one as bitch at some point. That's uh, the that's no, the whole thing. That's that's I, how you know they mean it. Oh no, you've got that. But I just I love specifically how enthusiastic Michael Cole got at the <laughs> mention of bitch. Right. Right. Oh man, this is the B word, Pat. Can you believe it? He's passed out from the doses. Um. So yeah. So Ronda Rousey and Charlotte. I'm like. Could you guys have just been like, can we get two wrestlers that most people would rather watch paint dry to enter a program with one another with all their charisma and personality? Like these two, they also, they just don't like, it's oil and water. Yeah. I, I don't feel like there's good like chemistry there's between a, them. There's an awkward back and forth and it, the it's made worse because you like Rhonda's ability to speak is much more fitted to being a heel. But yes. the crowd's reaction to her won't let them do that with her. Not much. And yeah. then you also only have these giant heels in the rest of the division right now to go against. So, like, they they, yeah. they really are kind of stuck with her being in this babyface role. And it's like, I am not looking forward to two months of her being the babyface responder to all of Charlotte's nonsense. Because no. Charlotte no, can man. talk circles around this girl. Yeah, Ronda and, like, Bianca with Ronda as the heel or something like that would have been way better mm-hmm. that's the thing about ronda and like i don't know again if this is going to be full-time or what i did her like situation yeah go ahead or what her situation is because you know maybe down the line you could do something like that with her mm-hmm. um but again if it's just these short in and outs then it's probably always going to just be this kind of baby face situation yeah yep yeah because you don't give the crowd a long enough amount of time to not like you anymore uh, true so but boy i just her and becky is also the match like how like, that's why it just made me so mad that they did the whole segment on raw because that is the match. That's the better <laughs> promo. Becky's amazing. She can pull Rhonda to yeah. serviceable promo segments. And Becky is the only person who's beaten Rousey. Yeah. I mean, you notice that they don't, I don't think I've heard them mention that. It's almost like they don't want you to even like mm-hmm. think about that or something because it's like, the story tells itself. Who so, else? Why would she want to fight Charlotte? If we get Lita at this 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 Saudi show, who do you think then fights Becky at WrestleMania this year? Oh, it's Bianca. Bianca Belair Bianca, will okay, beat that her. Makes sense. Yeah, Bianca's going to beat her for the belt at WrestleMania. I would be my that. guess. They haven't done a great job of keeping real steady with that, but mm-hmm. I mean, it does go all the way back to SummerSlam when Becky came back, you know, and beat her in twenty-seven seconds or whatever it was. That's true. That makes sense. 
I had so. something about that. I forgot about that. But yeah, but anyways, I still, I mean, you know, I would have rather watched Becky and Ronda, not anything against Bel Air, but mm-hmm. that one just, that story just tells itself that maybe we'll save that for next year. Who knows? Oh yeah. And Charlotte called Ronda's baby ugly in this no, promo I, said as well. that, I like that line. I like that line of my baby looks better than yours. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Yep. Woo. I mean, hope maybe and, the, other, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to keep it semi-positive for now. All right. <laughs> so that brings us now to the time travel portion of our program. We've got to go back to the world as it was when the 66th episode in the run of Lucha Underground would hit the universe on El Rey in March of 2016. So let's do it with the four things. Four. The four things time capsule. The four things are number one, Tony on March 1st in major league baseball news. And now from this point on, I am reading in a quote form. Mm. Okay. Commissioner Rob Manfred sends a strong message on the issue of domestic violence, issuing a 30 game suspension to New York Yankees closer, Aroldis Chapman. End quote. Now, if you follow baseball in 2016, uh, it's just hilarious that that's the strong response because Aroldis Chapman would do nothing but be completely rewarded from that point on for the rest of the year as he would actually yeah. lead the Cubs to the championship at the end of the year after he was traded in July. Yeah, no, it was a pretty shitty situation all around there. And um, it's honestly something that like baseball isn't as t- spoken about or from no. a mainstream standpoint uh, that they kind of get away with the fact that Outside of this Aroldis Chapman situation, they've had a number of really, really ugly yes. domestic situations within their sport in the last few years. And because they're not the NFL and, you know, every fart in the company doesn't get spoken about on SportsCenter, yep. they almost kind of like don't get enough heat for this because they've got a major issue just in their sport overall with this. Oh, yeah. No, you're right there. Uh, so, yeah, fuck that guy. My number two. March 7th, uh, Peyton Manning announced his retirement from the Denver Broncos and the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's one of those weird things where it's kind of like if you have a loved one with like a disease, like Alzheimer's or something like that, like there's there tends to be like a time that like you say goodbye to you've them. You've moved on already. <laughs> and you've kind of moved on before like they pass sometimes. I'm, not, I'm sorry yeah. to be shitty about it, but like as an, a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan, it was almost kind of one of those things where it was like, the blow wasn't quite as impactful at that point because yeah. like he was already dead in my eyes in a, lo- <laughs> in a, in a way. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but no, you know, I was always happy for, I mean, honestly, like as a spoiled sports fan, it couldn't have broken any better for the Colts just from the standpoint that oh yeah, we had moved on to a great quarterback that lost interest in the sport. But, and, you know, Peyton moved on, won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl with Denver. So, hey, it was a win-win for everyone. Yeah, so he retired and would go on to just, continuously be on your TV screen and every advertisement on NFL games. Uh, But then on the same day, on the same day on March 7th, Russian tennis star Maria Sharapoza uh, revealed a failed drug test uh, in the Australian open in January and was subsequently suspended for 15 months. And I feel like these two things happened to both these people and Peyton Manning just continued to be on my screen and I continue to see him. And I feel like Maria Sharapova has dropped off the face of the planet and I haven't heard I a think, thing about her since. I think even at that point, she was like trying to mount a comeback oh, because okay. she had kind of already been, she was just like an example. 
you get spoiled by like the Williams sisters longevity. And you just mm-hmm. think like, that's how tennis players are. And like yeah. the fact of the matter is that most tennis stars have like a three, a three or four year peak. <laughs> and then they fall, you know, and then, yeah. you know, it's, it's not all, it's not really that common to be like dominant for decades. And, and she had like a long tennis. run even before like, yeah. she had a longer run than even that, but yeah. Right. Uh, number three, now taking a look at the films releasing in the lead up to tonight's event. We begin in February on the 24th when the movie The Brothers Grimsby would release, making $31 million. Now, is that The Brothers Grimm? No. The Brothers Grimsby. And is that Brigsby Bear? No, Grimsby. This one is the <laughs> movie that is made by, uh, what's his name from Borat? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen made this oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one um, oh, okay. came and oh, went, was this and the I one didn't that had, really watch it. Wasn't it him and, like, Mark Strong? Yes. yes. The, okay, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, so that one came out. That that okay. happened that time. Made $31 million. Oof. Oof. Yeah. If you're talking about whoof, whoof, it's the other movie of the week. Gods of Egypt made $156 million, but good grief. Go back and watch that if you want to see a shit movie. Is that Gerard Butler yes. and... uh Lannister, yeah, yes, yep. yeah. Nicholas Watu Kahlo, or however and you their, say his like, ability to transform into these like CGI yeah. guys. That's one of those. That's one of those uh, movies as well. That if you like, if you like a short form like documentary on YouTube about movies or things like that, there's plenty of options on that one. I think yes. everybody that reviews movies <laughs> has done a Gods of Egypt video. So March second saw the release of London Has Fallen. A, a franchise that I have not watched or paid attention to, but that one made $214 million. <laughs> what was happening in 2016? My God. <laughs> um, maybe we did need a reset button on the movie industry here. Oh. Um, those movies, I will give them credit for being just fun, like fast and the furious level of just turn off your brain okay. and just look at the screen and it have dumb fun for two hours. Nice. I I feel like that's where uh, Liam Neeson's career has gone. I just saw a trailer for Blacklight the other day. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, Liam. Um, yeah. Also releasing that same weekend, talking about like needing a reset. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, starring Tina Fey, it made twenty nine million. It's one of those I, that like I like the first about hour of it, and yeah. then it's like, oh, this is like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Why does it keep going? <laughs> also, I think that was kind of like the end of the Tina Fey like movie star experiment. Kind of. I just I just rewatched weirdly Sisters last night with her and. Well, but even that though yeah, I think but... was before the Whiskey Tango or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe not. I guess it could be close. I'm not sure. But then on March 9th, our last week that we'll talk about, saw three movies release that I don't think Tony's gonna be excited about any of them. But the first was <laughs> the Divergent series, Allegiant. It made 194 million. I love the detergent movies. Yes. Tide, Gain, all of those. Oh, I'm a big fan. Uh, also saw the release of Miracles from Heaven. It made $73 million. Tony, are you a big Miracles from Heaven fan? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's the kind of movie that the god-awful movie podcast folks would talk about. Probably, I think. I think you might be right. Uh, it, here's it the sounds description. like that kind of movie. Here's the description that was attached to it on the the, the numbers website. Uh, when Christy discovers her 10-year-old daughter, Anna, has a rare and curable disease, she becomes a ferocious advocate for her daughter's healing as she searches for a solution. After Anna has a freak accident and falls three stories, a miracle unfolds in the wake of her dramatic rescue that leaves medical specialists mystified, oh, her yeah, family definitely. restored, and their community. Yeah. Here's the yeah. big keyword: 
inspired. Yeah, no, definitely a God movie. No <laughs> doubt about it. That's a religious propaganda film. So that you came can, out. It's like it's, they, they always start off, like the plots on all those movies always start off very like wide, open-ended enough that you're like, oh, this is any normal movie. And then it always like, once you get to that like moment of like a, you know, faith you know mm. overcame all and it's like oh okay never mind i if, know what kind of movie this if is. you know what you're watching for there are sometimes some clues like if you hear anybody described as like a like the the nation's leading uh whatever <laughs> profession that is that, yes. there's always rankings in christian films in every profession of the world um so that's yes. something to watch for or anytime <laughs> doctors give you a strict you only have three months eight weeks to live that is also a little clue that yeah. sometimes we might be leaning in the religious side also releasing that same weekend, the movie that I completely forgot, Aaron Paul with Helen Mirren and Eye in the Sky. It made $18 million. Whoa. Yeah, that... I mean, listen, when you're in someone in Aaron Paul's position when something like Breaking Bad ends, you don't say no to anything until they stop <laughs> calling. Because, you, you know what I mean? Like, you just never yeah. know how long that your star power is going to yeah. shine Need bright. Need for Speed? You know? Okay. Exactly. Eye in the Sky? Which, hey, okay. I'll give him credit on that one. That would have, you know, I could, I could see you giving a shot to a franchise no, like that. I mean, look, it, Tom Holland's doing it with Uncharted as well. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, when you're Tom Holland, you have Spider-Man to fall back on. You can do things like take chances on what I predict is going to be a failed franchise in Uncharted. <laughs> Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, so number four, we now look at the musical side of... Uh. Jesus. Let's just retake that. Number four, we now look at the musical side of popular culture where we see a duo of two big-time musical names teaming up at number one. It's oh. the recently announced future mother Rihanna teaming up with Drake for the classic hit that I'm sure everyone remembers from just four years ago, five years ago now, Work. Oh. Wrong button. Work, 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 work. Me in a crisis. Yeah, there you go. That? <laughs> the number one hit song in America, Tony. Good God Almighty. It sounds like a Lonely Island parody, like featuring Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, I, that is something else. Yeah. I'm, it's not apparently, yeah, not, not in my vein of uh, music that I'm going to be picking. <laughs> also, to to. just since you're on the topic of those two folks, um, Drake. Not probably thrilled about Rihanna being pregnant and him <laughs> so, not being involved. I just saw a lot of memes of him crying when the announcement <laughs> came out. Hey, you do you ASAP. Uh, well, this episode would air on El Rey on March 19th of 2016. It was the 66th episode in the run and the start of season three, which, like we talked about before, I felt like I might be misremembering, but it felt like there was so much excitement at the start of season three going into this show. Uh, cause you know, yeah. we just re-signed a bunch of guys. We've got fucking Ray Mysterio's here. Mm -hmm. We're going to fucking make some marks. And then El Ray like got to the end of the season was just like, eh, maybe, but we've got these right. guys signed. So why don't we just keep waiting to make our decision? Right. Well, we'll talk about the good times for now. Um, the premiere of season three, season two was certainly your, um, darkest timeline. 
situation in a lot of ways. That was the season that began with Mil Muertes sitting upon the throne atop the temple after he had mm-hmm. become champion, defeating Prince Puma. Um, that was a season that saw the emergence of Pentagon, almost in a lot of ways, probably overtaking Prince Puma as kind of the uh, preferred you know, baby face in the company, certainly neck and neck, if nothing else. Um, and then as season three progresses, you can see the relationship with Prince Puma is one of those that turns south quickly because his involvement <laughs> goes to almost nothing yeah. by I, the end of the season. I was going into this episode. I wasn't sure if he had already made the exit or if it was. So then when it's revealed that nah. his involvement is at the end of this episode, I was like, oh, okay, I see where we're at. I think at Ultima Lucha at the end of season two, he fights Rey Mysterio. Now, okay, quick question, because we're going to have to talk about this sooner or later in this show, but mm-hmm. are they doing Ultima Lucha at the beginning of this season? Because it feels like they're like... They're already telling us matches that are going to be part of Ultima Lucha on this episode. And if it's going to be the last episode of the season, we've got 25 episodes before we get there. That was really weird because I think you're talking about like the Ivelisse Catalina thing. Well, yeah, but it just feels like I didn't know if maybe this season they had two Ultima Luchas where they like maybe did one right at the beginning because of so much time since season two or something. Because, but also I wonder. I mean, I don't know. I have, I'd have to look ahead because you're right. That's a long way to tease away because they definitely didn't do yeah. Ultima Lucha until the end of the season. Because I looked at all the episodes. Okay. Like, maybe she meant to say like Aztec warfare or something. <laughs> maybe like that might that might make more sense because yeah, because when they announced also, that, but on like a, that's our first match announced for Ultima Lucha. I was yeah. like, in twenty yeah. weeks. You're right though. No, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that's an odd thing to announce. Also, I but I can't remember how season three goes down because Eva Lee's had that broken leg. Yeah, that, in season two, right? Because that was with the whole Angelico stuff. Yeah, maybe that. See, maybe she would be healed already. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. We'll get to it later. So, but this episode starts with a man behind bars in a cell doing pull-ups on a yeah. cot that's been turned up against the wall, and then walks a deputy who says, "You must have friends in high places," as he's being released, and it's Dario. Yeah, El Jefe, Dario Cueta. I just um, loved that when the camera swung around the other way, uh, on the other side was Mr. Honky Tonk Man playing Officer Odell. Point Odario. One money clip. One cell phone. One go watch. One giant key. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah, great to see the Honky Talk Man there. The guard returns his things, including his giant key that, of course, is uh, to the cell containing his brother, which the monster Matanza. I mean, how long has he been in there? Did did anybody feed Matanza while he was gone? Well, I don't know. That just might be why he's in the mood he's in <laughs> when we see him later. Um, he's picked up by someone in a limousine who threatens to kill him if he wastes his time again. This would kind of ultimately lead to one of the overarching storylines of this season involving Ricky Reyes and shithead Joey Ryan playing just, cops and that whole thing. I just felt like whoever was involved with the design of this is just a big Inspector Gadget fan because he was picked up by the claw <laughs> from Inspector Gadget. Oh, and I'm so mad because I just remembered, like, I can't remember who that ends up being, but it's like, <laughs> it's something pretty decent. I could okay. if I remember right. 
damn it though, I can't remember now. Because I know Lorenzo Lamas, the like renegade. Maybe that's who it is. It's oh. Lorenzo Lamas, the renegade, like playing. I can't remember. It's a decent reveal, I feel like. <laughs> um, we yeah. should really watch more of this. Well, um, yeah, he's, it's, it's the Inspector Gadget guy, and then also some Smithers character that is there. This yes. is like, yes, man. Uh, you gotta have Dario, a Dario says the temple is back in business. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Matt Stryker introduces us. Oh, this band. What? This fucking to band, the, man. The Chimps. <laughs> playing atop the temple, which I, I always liked this aspect of the show. Yes, um, I do. It, it gives it a different feel. It mm-hmm. makes it feel like it's an event that the people are at. You also, um, God, what's that band that we saw with the Foo Fighters? They're on here a few times. Oh, Mariachi El Bronx. Yeah, Mariachi El Bronx. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, we also we see that our friend Vampiro is at the commentary desk and is glad to be back. And he's I, nobody's master. Oh, I love he's how he just, just resets. Commentator. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's just yeah, all that weird shit that we ended the season two yeah. with. Don't think about that. I'm just here yeah. to talk about what's going on in this ring. Listen, the only thing I want to say about what happened in Ultima Lucha Dos, I want to be real clear right now, right off the get. I'm nobody's master. I'm nobody's mentor. I want one job. That's this job right by your side, my brother. That's it. Well, you have that job. Well, I can't even remember what was going on with him at the end of season two because... The Pentagon thing was season one, if I remember right, with him dressed as like the priest and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't remember what one. went on in season two that advanced that story, but <laughs> oh. apparently, yeah. But yeah, just resetting here. He's just here to talk. And like you said, Matt Stryker going to be the other man on the, the mics here. Dario is in the ring. He says he has exciting news for all the fans in the temple. But first, it's tonight's main event. We've got. Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Pentagon. Don't call me Jr. Pentagon Dark. Yeah. Uh, Dario insults Vampiro about his match with Pentagon, so he's already poking the bear there. When he bled Vampiro like a pig. Oink 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 oink. Yeah, that was I. I <laughs> because I've not continued. Like I was the the things that I've seen of Lucha Underground are almost all season one to two. And then, ah, like, okay. there's a cutoff there, and I don't really know much about that at any point. So when he turned and just starts going the oink, oink, oink at Vampire, I was like, Jesus Christ, Like, what is this side of this character? Okay. <laughs> what is happening? Um, he says, nobody can beat Matanza, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. And he reveals the Dario Dial of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> and it has names of competitors, and loved- whichever name it lands on gets a shot. I loved his little cheeky way of saying wheel and deal without like, he was, he was like, it's the dial of doom. And then he's, he's, he's like, so it's like a wheel. And when we spin it and then that's the deal. And <laughs> yeah, that's the deal. Um, yeah. So Ray Mysterio was left off the wheel because Matanza pinned him in Aztec Lucha to win the belt. Yeah. And this so. was less legitimate than a red letter media wheel of the worst uh this 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 spin is going like there's nothing there's no resistance to it and then bam it just stops on a name it's like oh okay yeah you guys totally didn't edit that together right yes and the name it stops on is none other than a favorite in the temple it's son of havoc yeah the crowd loves it but that was exciting i i I've, i've been a fan of the work of son of havoc in this show quite a bit oh yeah Absolutely. And that takes us immediately to match number one. Yeah, we're going to start off with the Lucha Underground Championship on the line. 
Matanza Cueto is your champion taking on Son of Havoc from the open road. That's right. These two men, better known as Jeff Cobb and Matt Cross. Yeah. And dude, these guys work really well together. This is a fun, oh, yeah. fun fucking opener match here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Havoc gets a shot that was taken away from him at the previous Ultimate Lucha after he had qualified. Um, did you see the official in this match? Yes, sir. Uh, he Rick didn't see Knox. us though. He didn't see, he didn't see shit. <laughs> this man can't be trusted to enforce the rules. Oh, nope. But I love, I love the first like spot in this match where Havoc just runs and like dives with a cross body. And yep. dude, I've seen like guys try to do the thing where like you hold completely still. And a lot of times it leads into like a guy kind of leaning into the person that's coming at them. This, yeah. I don't know if it's just the camera angle. It was perfect, but they did this so perfectly where it looked like there was no effort from Matanza, but he doesn't move a centimeter when Son of Havoc just goes fucking ragdolling off of his body with this crossbody. It's awesome. It is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Son is then tossed into the corner, but avoids a charging Matanza. Uh, Matanza, though, with a strong shoulder tackle. Son of Havoc sidesteps Matanza, and he goes shoulder first into the ring post. Okay. Yes. This is the first moment where I had to pause the show mm-hmm. and, and recover myself from my reaction to Matt Stryker's idiocy sometimes. Oh, like, boy. Vampiro reminds us that Matanza has been tortured for his entire life, and, and, it's, he's, and then Stryker takes that and immediately likens Matanza being a longtime champion to the likes of Bruno Sammartino and Joe Lewis. I remember this guy's been tortured, kept in a cage in a dark room for his whole life, banging his head on the wall, eating steel. I mean, he's been preparing for this since day one, don't you think? Yes, but he's also been the longest reigning Lucha Underground champion. And of course, when we look at long reigning champions, you oh. can't help but think of guys like Bruno Sammartino and Joe Lewis. He just loves to sound smart. He's one of those... He thinks he's a lot. He thinks he's really smart. And he wants you to think that he is as well. I guess. And he usually just comes off sounding like a moron in the process. Uh, Son of Havoc with the flagpole drop, an old M Dog 20 classic there to the groin of Matanza. Um, Son Fans of Havoc then goes it. to the. What's that? Fans went nuts for that. Vampiro says he hit him right in the nuts. I love it. Son goes up top and leaps over Matanza once as he was, you know, charging in before then hitting a big boot on the big man. Mm-hmm. So, and then good showing here. Matanza had what I called a tour of the islands, almost style throw of of the man, and then a beal, and he just takes over here with a scoop slam and a moonsault by Matanza. Then another moonsault. He covers for two, and this is what I was like, oh, so Matanza was just Joe Cobb's move set as well. Yeah, Jeff Cobb. Yeah, Jeff Cobb's yeah. move set. Um, but yeah, son of havoc chant from the crowd. Matanza stops the DDT. Havoc then chokes him, and Havoc uses it to pull Matanza over the ropes and to the floor. And it's just like, man, these guys are really going at it. They get down there where we get an Asai moonsault to the floor. Big son of Havoc chance. Then Havoc climbs, hits the double stomp to the back, a moonsault in the ring, and an arm bar. But Matanza is able to muscle him up and slams him down. Yeah, Matanza escapes. It's a, I'm sorry, Matanza. Escaped by lifting Sun. Sun then escapes and hits a handspring cutter and gets a two count. Son of Havoc then goes back up top and Matanza follows. Uh, Son of Havoc manages to push him down to the mat. We get a shooting star press for another near fall from Son of Havoc. 
But Matanza would wrap things up with a tour of the islands. Can't remember what they call it here. For the one, two, three, your winner and still Lucha Underground champion, Matanza Cueto. Yeah. Yeah, I've just got tour of the islands written. I didn't hear what Stryker was calling it, but <laughs> yeah, pinned him. Fans are booing Matanza, then taunts Havoc after the match by like just like holding himself over top of him, staring at him. Um, we go to the commercial, but a fantastic opener to this show. Yeah, absolutely. Great way to kick off the season as well. If you have acquired any new fans, so mm-hmm. solid showing. And then one of my favorite parts of this show is, you know, the the vignettes, the way that they produce, you know, kind of the backstage happenings and all that. And that is the office of Dario Cueto is a big part of that. See, and uh, the one thing that's kind of always thrown me a little bit because of mm-hmm. the different like production values in, in the, the vignettes versus like the in arena stuff. Mm-hmm. is that a lot of times the vignettes are happening in real time with the in arena stuff, but because of their like glowiness, it always makes me feel like it's supposed to be a flashback, but then they'll reference what just happened in the ring True. seconds ago. It's just like, oh, yes. okay. I was like, so we're actually in current time. Yeah, like, cause in first yeah. season one, they would be like just in the little box in the corner. That was like the right. idea that that was like, those scenes are happening right now in there. Yeah. Cause his office is right there. Yeah. Like, out by ringside, pretty much. Um, but yeah, worldwide underground walk into the office of Dario Cueto. Johnny Mundo wants a Lucha underground title oh, shot. I saw these guys all lined up, and I'm like, I can mm-hmm. name three of four. I see Johnny Mundo, Jack Evans, and Taya, and I have no idea who this other guy is. It's That's fucking PJ Black. And then you said that, and then I was like... I know PJ Black, but I don't know Justin Gabriel. And then it took me another five minutes to realize that it was Justin Gabriel. That is a man that continually gets like zapped from my brain. But (laughs) anytime that I like, I've always enjoyed his matches, but he's had good matches when we've seen him live. Yeah. And he's been in Ring of Honor still, you know, even up until just the end, you know, most recently. It was kind of where Mm -hmm. he was at at the time. Jack Evans is in Mexico, maybe getting extorted by police at this point. I, yeah, his situation is a little strange. I don't know what the hell's going on there. It almost it doesn't feel real, but it uh, I don't know what's going on. It's weird. Anyways, yeah. and then of course Johnny Mundo and Taya Valkyrie um, recently released from their WWE contract and are free agents. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Mundo uh, wants to know why a D bag loser like Son of Havoc gets a title match and not me. Okay. Give me a title match. Yeah, you was like you were involved in like a trios match at the end of last year, dude. You're not exactly like the top contender right now. Um, cause yeah, last time we saw him, Dario said you lost the trio titles. Um, he lost the trio titles though, that he says because of Angelico and they took care of that. And then we literally like watch a snuff film of like worldwide underground, just like torturing Angelico. Oh, beating the shit out of him. And then I love when we come back to all of them, like laughing about it. And Dario right. thinks it's hilarious. Um, yeah, but, but I also like, love and- the line in the middle of it. I'll play the audio here of, <laughs> Of Johnny Mundo of Welcome to Slam Town, you pasty string bean. That's enough. Bring him to me. Welcome to Slam Town, you pasty string bean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great stuff. Yeah, they slammed his arm in a car door for God's sakes. But I also love the idea of them like laughing and all this stuff. Like they didn't watch that clip. No. You know what I mean? Like we just sat there and watched that 
what I mean, but in real in reality, they would have just been like staring blankly at each other when See, that was I, happening. I took it as in reality, we, it would have been Mundo just explaining what. Ah, uh, yeah, to that's him. true. But, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, uh, Dario's, you know, great story, but you still don't get a title shot. And I love Mundo's just like going down his list of like things he wants. Things like, <laughs> um, well, then I want to match a sexy star and for her gift of the gods title. And yeah. uh, Dario is really not even having that. And I was like, man, Johnny Mundo is a terrible like negotiating heel. Like he's just, <laughs> yeah, he, he ends up with nothing by the end of this as well. Yeah, because Dario's like, well, all of you lost except for Taya. And so he gives her the shot at Sexy Star. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you go. Good job, Johnny Mundo. You came in looking for a Lucha Underground title shot and you left with your girlfriend getting a match with Sexy Star. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was interesting on the... Uh... The, the back and forth. Um, so now we come back to the arena and Eva Lise is in the ring. You want to talk about somebody that, I mean, especially this was, this could have been as much a launch for her mm-hmm. as it was the likes of Ricochet, Pentagon, Phoenix, because oh, yeah. she was like, it seems now, like I know she's like, we'll roll their eyes about Eva Lise. Like, she was as big a breakout star of Lucha mm-hmm. Underground as just about anybody on this show. Definitely. No, I totally they agree. They loved her in that first season with the Son of Havoc stuff and, oh, and yeah. Helico. And like, the broken arm and all that stuff. Yeah, and leg. Yep. Leg, yeah. No, that stuff was amazing. Uh, but she's in the ring. She wants to crush Katrina's skull into the ground. She wants her one-on-one at Ultima Lucha Trace. And I was like, that's happening early this season? Or I don't understand any of this now. That I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That's and a the- really long, that's an entire season away, you know? Because <laughs> Katrina just shows up and goes, bring it on, bitch. And I was like, right. okay. Let's just do it then. And and that's why Stryker says, and even before Ultima Lucha, we've got exciting women's action. So stay tuned. And I get yeah. the USAA commercial during my Tubi watch. Oh, I, nice. was, you, it, I was very much uh, pleased with the fact that there was only three commercial breaks in this, though, and not the every commercial break gets a commercial. Yeah. No, these no, these are pretty easy to watch, for sure. They, it goes by pretty quick. Um, yeah, so I don't understand any of that, but we come back. It's time for match number two. It's for the Gift of the Gods Championship. It's Taya Valkyrie taking on the champion Sexy Star. Yeah. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, the Gift of the Gods is a championship that actually consists of the seven like medallions that competitors earn over the course of a season that ultimately leads to a final match between mm-hmm. the two. And then, you know, all medallions are placed on the on the title. And it, it's a money in the bank beef briefcase, basically. Yeah. But with more steps. There's, yes, exactly. There, yeah, because then, then, like, season or episode two is labeled something about the medallion. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Stryker says Taya is one of the best athletes on this roster and says sexy won the title in a seven way elimination championship match. And <laughs> Firo had a great, like, like a line that like you, then you like, he says, he, he uh, says something about man. Yeah. Both these, both these women have been through a lot and then it's just like silence. <laughs> And then they just move like he offers nothing like <laughs> to support that or like where he was going with that. He just says oh. it and like they move on. Stryker also informs us that in two seasons of this show, this title has never been successfully defended once. It's always changed hands. True. That's a good point. And we see the think- stars 
big-time television stars of From Dusk Till Dawn television series on El Rey. I will say, I think it's still available on Netflix. It's not <laughs> great, but it's a fun series. Okay. Um, is it? Where yeah. is it in ranks to like Ash versus the Evil Dead? Is it way below well, that? Well, it's or? not. It's... Because I know, love that. It's, it's not as good as that, but I love Evil Dead a lot more than I love From Dust Till Dawn. But yeah, from sure. like a production standpoint and stuff, it was about the best thing El Rey ever did, besides maybe Lucha Underground. Nice. <laughs> they, they gave it their best. Okay. Um, yeah, the Gift of the Gods, also though, like that stat is nice and all, but I think it's maybe been defended one time. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe twice. Because Phoenix, I think, was like the original winner of it, and then I feel like he... Lost it to maybe some, you know, I don't know. It's it's not because again, it takes so long to win the damn thing. Like there was weeks and weeks of mm-hmm. <laughs> medallions and all that. So gotcha. Uh, well, yeah, but Taya starts things off with a front face front face lock, and Sexy Star works to her feet. They then exchange pen attempts. Um, they both duck back elbows, and we have a standoff here between the two ladies who are familiar with one another from their time spent wrestling south of the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Taya then hits the clothesline. The fans start chanting for Sexy Star. Corner clothesline, Taya slides away and hits the running double knee strike to the star to Star's face. Vampiro says, Taya isn't even winded yet. And I'm like, we're 30 seconds into the match. Um, <laughs> what endurance. It's been 90 <laughs> seconds and she hasn't even broke a sweat. Uh, but yeah, it, it happened again. I had to pause the show because Matt Striker, he says... Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And the things you are saying open the mind to a lot of thoughts. And the gift of the God's championship. She's got a lot of experience, bro. I I agree with you. And all the things that you're saying here, uh, they open up the mind for thoughts. And all the things that you're saying here, uh, they open up the mind for thoughts. open up the mind for thoughts. With the gift of the God's title, it opens the door. To a Lucha Underground title, you know, Johnny Mundo has always wanted to be Lucha Underground champion. Really? That's where you went? Like, from random thought? Like, that's your segue? It reminded me of Jericho this week on Rampage. Just tell, like, saying a shitty segue and then going, that's a great segue <laughs> to his own Right, segue. yeah. I'll just cover it up by saying it wasn't bad. Oh, um, we get Taya with a slam. She goes up top and misses a moonsault. Sexy Star then delivers a kick, followed by a back elbow. We get a running clothesline from Sexy Star, and then Taya ducks out of the ring. Um, Sexy then jumps off the apron, taking Valkyrie out on the floor, and we roll. She rolls Taya back into the ring and covers, but only gets a two. Mm-hmm. So, Sexy Star now in control of this one. That is until Taya Valkyrie connects with a fall away slam on the champion Sexy Star, and then here comes PJ Black and Johnny Mundo and. Johnny fucks it up for Taya. She hits him, gets distracted. Sexy rolls her up and gets the victory. Yeah. Damn it, Mundo. You had a real, real bad night. Real bad night overall. And then we had a scene that Vince McMahon was scared of ever allowing to be shown on his own television for this whole reason of his like anti like intergender thing where four people all stomp this woman to the ground as the fans watch on. It's not a great visual. All right, I'm just going to go out there and say it isn't great. Um, But she's eventually saved by the trio's champions, those that just defeated Worldwide Underground. It's Aerostar, Phoenix, and Drago, who run the baddies away. Mm-hmm. And Sexy Star stands tall. Oh, yeah. We still got to get more. We got to get more use out of this Drago makeup. We can, It <laughs> costs us too much from season one. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, still to come, Pentagon Mysterio up next, and we go to commercial. Yeah. We come back, and we're again in the office. I also, it's also the, I love the Inception horns. The... Yeah. Um, Dario's on the phone when Marty the Moth walks into his office. Uh, he thanks Marty for the gifts he received from him while he was in prison. Um, Dario, though, doesn't want his jail time to be talked about again with anyone. And Marty seems to understand. Yeah. And uh, the moth wants to talk business. Yeah, it's it time says, for him to conquer this temple. Yeah, that's right. Dario says, if you want to conquer something, you must be ready for war. And uh, Dario says, kill shot isn't done with him yet. And next week, he gets a chance to win his dog tags back in a weapons of mass destruction match. Yeah, it's a nuclear, and, uh, nuclear match. Yeah. Marty the Moth says if Killshot wants them back, he better be ready for war and then laughed maniacally. So, yes, uh, I do remember this match actually very well. And it's an awesome match that those two nice. end up having, actually. Uh, Killshot, the now Isaiah Swerve Scott mm-hmm. is and, uh, you know, Marty Moth, Marty Cassis. I don't know. He's popped up here and there a little bit, but um, hasn't really caught on as much as I thought he might. So gotcha. Well, we come Post-Lucha back Underground, I mean. For match number three, our main event of the evening, it's Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on Pentagon Dark. Yeah. And Rey comes out, and Matt Stryker again with his infinite wisdom is going on and on about this mask. old mask. Yes. Oh, he's, he's, he's going back to his... I literally, folks, I'm not exact. It is the exact design of mask that I feel like I have watched <laughs> Rey Mysterio have. In every match uh, I've ever seen Rey Mysterio. I'm have. wondering if maybe, like, right before he left WWE, he had, like, kind of strayed from this mask, and, like, this is what Stryker's calling on, but I don't know. I mean, he would occasionally do the fun, like, Flash-inspired yeah. or Captain America-inspired things with a mask, but, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's like, this is the Rey Mysterio mask that I've only ever seen Rey Mysterio wear, so I don't know what mask Stryker's I wasn't sure about. if it was also maybe the, the like, the cutaway backside of it, where yeah, it's got, maybe. Like, the strings instead of just, like, the full head... <laughs> But yeah, it, it was very be. strange. It was very strange there. Um, um, but yeah, he comes crowd out. Crowd is split as well. Yeah, because people love fucking Pentagon. Uh, even though he's breaking people's arms, well, he seems to be and, beloved by this crowd. And, and Lucha Underground wasn't exactly, you know, GCW or one of these like big indie feds nowadays that really love their hometown mm-hmm. grown talent and stuff. Um, but I can remember there being like, a little bit of pushback on Rey Mysterio and Lucha Underground from like the fans. Okay. Where he was seen just a little bit kind of like a He's an outside star. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of like an outside star. Like we don't need him. Like, and, you yeah. know, and they were worried about it being a case where he was going to come in here and beat. And he did. He came in here and he mm-hmm. beat Prince Puma and he, you know, won matches with Phoenix and stuff like that. So, uh, again, though, another gift of Lucha Underground gave us that I think people find, kind of look over is man, any match Rey Mysterio was involved in, in this company was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, very good. We then go to commercial break, and when we come back, there's dueling chance for both men. They're in the ring. Vampiro's commenting on the new tattoos on the chest of Rey Mysterio. There's a good fast start to this, just rolling dodges, a Hurricane Rana from Rey since Pentagon retreating to the floor, and Rey dives out onto him with a suicide dive. Penta then counters, hits the lifting slam, and a double stomp on Rey's chest in the ring. Stryker mentions how the crowd seems to like Pentagon even without him being a good guy, and we get a big chop that was really loud. 
Oh, because Matt Stryker uses insider terms, so you know he's cool. Uh, yeah, Penta kicks Ray's leg out of his leg, as Owen Hart would say. Um, Pentagon with big chops against the ropes. Penta then catches Mysterio with back-to-back sling blades and pins for covers for a two. Uh, super kick from Pentagon, and both men are now standing on the apron. They work their way to the top rope, and Ray Mysterio hits a beautiful hurricanrana for a near fall. Um, but Mysterio is eventually shoved out of the ring under the bottom rope in that way that only Ray can. Like a penguin. And, uh, like a penguin? It is, yeah. Um, and then Pentagon with a running kick to the side of Ray's head, old soccer style. So mm-hmm. we've got Mysterio reeling here in the, this point in the matchup. Yeah, and while he's kicking Ray in the head, the fans are chanting for Pentagon. Uh, Ray yeah. counters the whip, kick, moonsault, and counters into a big tornado DDT on the floor. Ray then climbs and hits a splash from the top, but just gets a two count. We then get Pentagon responding with a made in Japan for a two count on Mr. Mysterio. And Ray misses the 619, which leads to the super kick from Pentagon. And Matt Stryker gets real cheeky with his, it's your RSVP to the party. Uh, and Penta follows up with another big time slam. I don't remember yeah. what it was. Big slam, uh, press slam, lung blower gets a two count from Pentagon. Pentagon then seems to be distracted by Vampiro, mm-hmm. who has words for the, you know, for Mr. Dark Air. Um, Pentagon then walks back into the ring and Vampiro says he, he can't be here right now. Bandits <laughs> Matt Stryker on commentary. Go. I have to leave. I just, I just get, I was, I, this, for some reason, I just started getting the triple mania. Play my fucking music. Yeah, say my music, man. When he when he's like at the commentator's desk and he wants to go get in the ring, like I was just over here, like he was waiting for them to hit his like his theme or something before he could get in the ring and attack Pentagon. Yep. But in the ring, Ray counters and hits the six one nine. He climbs the corner, hits the Panama Sunrise for the pin and the win, and Ray celebrates. So I guess you know Adam Cole stole story time from CM Punk. He's stealing the Panama Sunrise from Ray. That's fine. <laughs> Stole Britt Baker from Tony Schiavone. You know, <laughs> but Ray is, Ray is celebrating the victory. Pentagon attacks, hits a razor's edge, and breaks his arm. Threatens to break Threatens his arm. to break his arm. Sorry, but some <laughs> not Prince Puma motherfucker runs out and interrupts him. Listen, I thought you were way more first in Lucha Underground. Because <laughs> if you don't remember Dragon Azteca, then you don't remember the... They try to push this guy down your throats when they're like, hey, Ricochet is starting to be difficult with us. Look at this dragon oh, guy. Okay. It's like, no, no, we want Prince Puma. That's what um, This is like, Ray Horace it felt under like a green, mask here. Green Prince Puma is what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a young Ray Horace who's now was, was a member of the, of the Ring of Honor roster and stuff like that. So nice. here's Dragon Azteca. But yes, um, another staple of this show, something I really loved about it is the kind of the post credit sh- scenes, you might say, or the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the vignettes that usually would close things out. Uh, we see Prince Puma. So I was like, oh, he is still here, sitting and reflecting on his loss to Mysterio. It's like, dude, it's been, we had an entire offseason. Like, how long have you been hanging out in this locker room Long crying about time. your Grey Mysterio match? Uh, in walks Vampiro, says he knew what, he he knows what he's feeling. <laughs> well, he's been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he starts to talk about, you know, how much, you know, he understands, but then he's like, but really, You've been dog shit since you lost to Mil Muertes. That's the guy you should really worry about. Don't give a shit about Rey Mysterio. It's kind of weird, man. I mean, he's like, he's not wrong though. Like, it's true. It's like you know, the Prince Puma character like never really bounced back all the way from that because of you yeah. know other kind of outside things. But oh, uh, yeah, Vamp says this is all about you, 
And yeah, because Puma's, just... Puma's like, I'm surprised you're not trying to talk me into going after Pentagon. And he's like, right. no, that ain't about me, man. It's about you. Well, it is kind of about you, Vampiro. But yeah, so <laughs> anyways, um, again, just a company, a program, a television series, whatever you want to call it, that I absolutely adore. Um, yeah. It's definitely so much one of... that if you've not ever seen it, like I'm sure if you've ever yeah. listened to our other Lucha reviews. Yeah. Go watch it if you've not ever seen it. Just because it's yeah. so different, it's worth at least seeing. And yeah. if you're just looking for something, I know at this point in the 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 ongoing pandemic, there's a lot of people that are just through all of the things that they can binge. This is free on True. Tubi. You could binge through this whole thing, and you don't have to deal yeah. with all the dog shit in between the seasons that took place. You can just watch yeah. it and enjoy the storyline. Yeah, all four seasons are available. Um like I said, it has a really, it, it, I love their mix of the supernatural and the mystic and you got mm-hmm. Catalina with powers and there's coins at some point that get introduced. And there's like a long lost sister that comes. I mean, there's, there's tribal warfare that takes place, I think primarily in like the fourth season. And that's kind of, that's some fun stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah I just, I can't say enough about this. And it's also just, again, someday someone will do a documentary. I mean, I guess probably the people that own the rights to this <laughs> Rodriguez or the, yeah. you know, the, Fat there oily might, dancing guy from WWE. There might already be one on Tubi because I don't know if you've seen, but like just when I was, it was like recommending all these other mm. wrestling things to me, and it's like here's a John Moxley documentary, here's a Brody. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I watched what? a lot of the. Yeah. So, okay. No, um, but no, the thing about Lucha Underground too is it's like the influence it had is, I don't know if it gets enough credit. I mean, yeah. nobody knew who Pentagon and Phoenix were before Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. The Ricochet star had only like really kind of began to shine. Yeah. Like, I think he'd had his match with Osprey, but uh, before this, okay. Like the one that pissed off, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the world. Um, but you just think of how many guys, you know, this was a reinvention for John Morrison, who at this point had kind of disappeared and hadn't really been seen in the world of wrestling mm-hmm. so much as he, after he'd left, um, just showed, showed the world. So many of these stars from Mexico that now have gone on to be, major deals on the independent circuit or even you know on the you know on television itself absolutely um just a it's a really interesting story you know and just the amount of people that were that got some of their best exposure as being a part of this are now still a big deal in professional wrestling it's it's really impressive no totally agree there um yeah it's interesting it's it's there's a there's a lot of because the further we get from it the more interesting all the different like links and, and characters yeah. are because you know you get to see more and more you, oh, yeah, more you got Willie Mack on top. Yeah. Sammy Callahan Brian Cage Sammy Guevara Kari Sane I mean it's an, you know it's yeah. it's kind of wild actually the you know how many people went through here kind of on their way to where they are today absolutely so yeah so that's our thoughts on season 3 episode 1 of course there's plenty more to go we're not necessarily going to hit all of them but I'm sure we'll step back into the Lucha Underground world at some point but Tony, we are moving on. Where are we headed next week? I don't know. You didn't talk about it beforehand. I don't know either. And I still don't know if you've got fucking downloaded the Peacock app I've yet. Got, I've got Peacock. We <laughs> we were watching the Royal Rumble and we started it illegally, and then like the stream went down, and so my brother just like I'll just buy Peacock, and so he bought it for a month. So I've got it at least for the month, and then I got to re-sign up myself. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I mean, um, it is a bit of a downtime of year. Um, we have an elimination chamber on the horizon. I can't think of the last time that we reviewed one of those matches. 
All right, let's let's just say we'll we'll do a elimination chamber next, but it will be we'll announce that on our socials and we'll figure it out in the meantime. How about that? There you go. That'll work. All right. So next time we talk, we'll talk about some elimination chamber and preview of a show that we're not going to watch at all in the current world. But you yeah. know, whatever. We'll talk to you then. In the meantime, you keep up with this on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. On Twitter, it's at Grapplecast. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Deadpool1205. You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19. And we'll catch you next week for an Elimination Chamber. This chair, I apologize. I bought this thing at Goodwill because it's perfect in size. Ah. But when you go to the Goodwill, all of the chairs have signs on them saying, do not sit on these chairs. Like, you're not supposed to, like, but it's like, how am I supposed to know if it's a good chair if I can't sit on it? I sat on it for a couple of seconds and I was like, all right, it's fine. And then I like started, I rolled it out and went and bought it. Dude, listen to this thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can hear you. Just every like, slight movement is, is constant. So I'm like, I'm trying to go and get some oil or something this week, but. Right. You, you can kind of probably tell why the people returned it to, or why the people gave it to Goodwill. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this thing was super clean compared to all the other chairs. No wonder is it didn't. It was sitting there. It was a, it was a clean chair. At least you have that going for you. Yeah. So I figured I'll try WD-40, and if that doesn't work, it might be going back to Goodwill as well. And ah. I'll just have given them a $10 donation, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of you, really. Some may be shocked at Son of Havoc's performance, but others that have watched this young man since day one, they're not surprised. They believed in Son of Havoc, and now tonight, this is together, it. they are all on the motorcycle, headed down the road. Ooh. All right, fine people out there. Um, we are going to start this week. What? I'm I'm mad at myself for immediately leaning back into this oh. <laughs> this creaky chair. You and your fart chair. Uh, you were making a face like I had said something offensive. I was like, what? I only no. said like three sentences. No. What could I have done? It's nothing you um, were doing. So, DP, Pro Wrestling Gorillas, Battle of Los Angeles... I mentioned last week that it was literally taking place as we were recording the event that had been on hiatus since 2019. And, and boy, and how fast the wrestling world is. Cha- what? Go ahead. Sorry. I just said, I said all the event that was taking place we were recording last time and that you have no option to watch until the DVD comes out six months from now. Good luck not having it spoiled for you if you're looking to order, <laughs> looking to order this thing. Pretty much. I mean, if that's your goal, then you're crazy. Or you can, yeah. They do stream it on high spots. Oh, do they now? Every, okay. Everyone was, yeah, everyone was, they, they were pointing that out to people. But boy, you talk about the changing of the times. The finals of the last Battle of Los Angeles mm-hmm. involved David Starr. If you want to know just how mm-hmm. quickly the world of wrestling has changed since the last Battle of Los Angeles. But yeah. 2022, here we go. We're back. You know, I mean, I bet you there was another name involved in that show too that we. We're not oh, I mean, let's right just now. not dwell on that right now, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we, I'd also mentioned last week, you know, the Jonathan Gresham and Davey Richards both had to step out. Wheeler Yuta and Blake Christian replaced them um, in the tournament, which had 
quite a lineup. In, yes. tra- in traditional fashion, Wheeler Yuta all the way to the finish line, the the, the champion of battle for Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have not seen the, the results of this. I'm sorry. That did not happen. Damn. Um, first round action. I was going to run right, you know, straight through these. Just when I want to mention the names and the talent here, we had Daniel Garcia defeating Kevin Blackwood, Alex Shelley getting a victory over Lee Moriarty, which that was a little surprising there. I thought maybe Lee was going to have a run. Um, Aramis beat Ray Horace. Black Taurus beat J.D. Drake in a big man battle. Speedball Mike Bailey, who the wrestling world is happy to see back on this side of the ocean. And um, fun little deal there was they originally announced a Dayton, Ohio, independent wrestling star, Philip Five Skulls, as entering the Battle of Los Angeles. That was a fictitious name oh, okay. that they put out there to uh, hide Mike Bailey entering the thing. So. Unfortunately, Philip Five Skulls had to retire and Speedball Mike <laughs> Bailey was now. So, yeah, Speedball Mike Bailey beat Bandito in the first round. That's a pretty big deal because Bandito, I believe, was the PWG heavyweight champion. Um, Wheeler Yuta got the first round victory over Blake Christian. Buddy Matthews, the former, geez, I can't remember these guys' names anymore. Murphy? Blake Murphy. <laughs> right? Blake Murphy, yeah. Um, beat Jonah, the former Jonah. Fuck, I can't remember what his name was either in NXT right now. Um, Jonah. Jonah Rock. Oh, what was Damn his it. name in in NXT though? I I can't remember it, either. I'm literally completely blank on it right now. <laughs> Bronson Reed. Bronson, yeah, Bronson. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool name. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Leo Rush got a win over Jack Cartwheel. Um, no, he so, was a yeah. guy that felt like they just gave no chance to in the main main roster. Oh no, yeah, you're not wrong with that. Second round, Daniel Garcia beat Alex Shelley. Black Taurus beat Aramis. Speedball beat Wheeler. Um, and Buddy Matthews advanced after Leo Rush was injured after their second round matchup. So he retired shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. And that crowd was not nice <laughs> to make retirement jokes at Leo. Like, I, like we've, we've, we, we, you and I and our friend Sean have all just kind of come yeah. to the clues where it's like, you know what? I, I'm just going to re- hold a no comment. In regards to him, from pretty much this point forward, because I don't know what's going on, and yeah, it's like if he, if he shows up and he gets in the ring and the wrestles, and it's good, then great. If not, yeah. I don't, I don't expect it. If not, call Jay Lethal. Um, so we had Daniel and then Diana Garcia beat Black Taurus, Speedball beat Buddy Matthews, and in the finals, Daniel Garcia DP is your winner of the Battle of Los Angeles, defeating Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, quite what a, a sign there, of, you know what's that? So what a year that man has had. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, I would almost was really kind of expecting maybe like a Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, you know, final, but the brackets didn't mm. make for that. And Lee, maybe a year, year away. I could see Lee maybe getting this next year. Yeah. Maybe even Gresham if he was available. Um, yeah. Wow. The Red Death, maybe. Daniel Garcia just continues to really prove to be one of the brightest up, up and coming stars, you know, in professional wrestling wherever he lands, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Um, but overall, as always, quite a fun mix of talent from all over the world. Um, you know, technical showcase by all accounts of anything that I was able, you know, I've been able to see basically through gifts and short clips at this point, because like you said, um, until the goddamn thing comes out on disc, it's, uh, or I guess now highspots.com is tough to see this stuff, but, um, just certainly one of those things that history, history, you'll always be able to go back and it is a literal who's who of professional mm-hmm. wrestling, you know, like, yeah, this isn't the red carpet rumble. This is yeah. I mean, very <laughs> often you could almost make an argument that everybody involved in these tournaments just about every year 
make it to some level of notoriety or exposure from a television standpoint or a major promotion standpoint, you know? Yep. So very cool to see. And Daniel Garcia, you know, sky seems to be the limit for this young man. And, uh, all the world is before him. Yeah. Super young. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. And broke both of his legs like within the last couple of years and wasn't sure he'd ever wrestle again. So nice. Cool to see. So, uh, we talked rumble decision making. Um, so that saves us a lot of trouble and time, uh, on, on these shows because they dedicate a lot of time to that shit. Um, we had the blow off of Rhea Ripley and Nikki Nat, Nikki Ash on Raw. It's like, mm-hmm. Rhea won. Like, okay. So that, is that it? That, okay. Like, all right. Yeah. I guess that was something. I mean, what do you think is next for Nikki Ash at this point? <sighs> Don't like her chances. Like, yeah. not to be mean, but you know, this really, this feels like a springboard for Rhea Ripley kind of, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. on to the next thing situation and Nikki Ash. You know, I don't know. Hopefully she's around for a really long we'll time have, and does great. As things, soon as but. Alexa's done with her, her therapy, then we can have <laughs> Nikki like become done with being a superhero and they can just go right. back to being best friends. Yeah. And just act, act like the last two years didn't happen for either one of them. Um, it was then time DP for the, uh, continuation of the academic decathlon between RK bro and the alpha Academy. Due to the spelling bee win for RK Bro last week, Riddle chose a scooter race as the competition for he and Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kevin Patrick would introduce the two of them. Gable would, of course, discuss how this is an insult. And that, I do love that. And he keeps blaming Kevin Patrick's British accent for causing him the spelling bee last week. Because it was like one of those words where it was like he kept repeating it and Kevin kept repeating it. And like he was hearing what was a the different word, word. you know? I knew you were going to say that. I don't remember what it was now, (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's a good little running deal there. Um, They got speed suits. Our truth is the special flag waiver and they start, they start the race lap one of 50. So um, no, you won't be seeing much of it. I I was like, why 50? That's an odd number to pick too. It's a really long time. It does take most of the show. You had mentioned her name, Alexa Bliss's therapy session. This one was at least a little more happening than the last couple that were like nothing segments, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she talks about how Lily was always there for her and, um, you know, always had her back. It's like, yeah, we can't be over this. Doctor asks, what would you do if Lily returned? And Alexa says, all the fun things they do together. The doctor then introduces a Lily replica doll and asks how it makes her feel. She gets very emotional, and um, that was the end of the segment for that point. Let's go ahead and get to the next part. Later in the show, the doctor tells her that this isn't Lily and that he bought this doll on www.shop.com. Wink, wink, I guess. Go buy one. Um, he then lets her hold the doll, and she begins weeping. And that was the end. So Yeah. So do you think, are we going back to Lily now, or are we going away from Lily still? I felt like I can't remember what I read or who said it necessarily, but apparently we're going to get like normal, whatever that means. Alexa bliss is the end game here. Really? I don't know. Like, okay. So maybe, so this, maybe this Billy thing is just something she's going to have to work through. You know, maybe that is where a Nikki cross could come into play. Like yeah. try to have someone talk to her that was friends with her, you know, before <laughs> the kind of fiend stuff happened. Yeah. So I don't know. 
But I, that apparently, though, the end game here is that this is done and she's going to be Little Miss Bliss or whatever. So Okay. And dress up like child dolls. Later. Yeah. Appeal to that old man demographic. Anyways, Miz beat Dominic Mysterio. And I think someone described it as the random match that, like, your career mode on, like, SmackDown versus Raw throws together on the show. And you're like, wait, what's this? You just happen to have it. Yeah. They're like, don't, they're like, don't worry about it. It's happening. <laughs> Cause that also kind of dampened my thoughts for old Miz and WrestleMania. Like, you know, oh, his star is on the rise. And I'm like, or he's going to get himself into a feud with the Mysterios. Probably. I mean, him and Ray, I guess, you know, I, I shouldn't discredit Mysterio, but. Yeah, but you got to have Dominic involved and all of that. <laughs> right. There's a lot of baggage in there. It's like, man, if only John Morrison was still here and we could just fight the Mysterios. Yeah. That didn't happen. Or if, you know, the Miz had a son that was wrestling age. Mm, not yet. Close. Uh, Dana Brooke, the 24-7 champion, is backstage and is attacked by Tamina. Uh, the scooter race drives through their fight, and we see they're on lap 18 of 50. Riddle then runs where, into almost. Where was yes. the laps? Eh. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be like around the arena. So gotcha. I'm guessing like the circle concourse kind of deal. But like, uh, if they're doing laps, shouldn't we have seen them out by the finish line by the, the ring? Well, yeah, you're times? right. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does that work? How can the finish line be there, but <laughs> the laps take place backstage? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure about it's that. It's like weird Mario Kart rules where on the 49th lap, a part <laughs> of the track changes and then you go True. to the finish line over there. Right. Uh, Riddle then ran into almost and told him he has beautiful eyes as Chad Gable passed him by and he got back into the race. So that's how they ended the check in with those two up to that point. The KO show DP on the road to WrestleMania fun segment here between these two guys as Kevin Owens introduces the man who should be here as the champion. It's Seth freaking Rollins. It's even on the name key now, folks. Yeah. All right. Um, Owen shows the footage from the Roman Reigns match at the Royal Rumble and calls it disgraceful. Of course, in regards to the uh, choke and the refusal to release after the rope break was, you know, mm-hmm. done from Rollins. KO says Roman did it because he knew he couldn't beat Seth. Owen says that Seth is the universal champion of his heart, which I just loved it. Like these two guys are just really getting into this. I like it. Um, Seth says that means a lot. And he did earn some permanent real estate in the brain of Roman Reigns. Um, Rollins says that that's SmackDown business, though, and this is raw. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I like just when you're talking about this, the a few people have changed over so frequently, like recently, that yeah. it's like I keep getting confused on what show we're even talking about. Yeah, like, but- don't worry. Yeah, we'll talk about that again later when we get to SmackDown and some <laughs> unfortunate news. Rollins came on the KO show. Because, and says that he has a surprise. And Owens says, I don't really like surprises, but okay. And he says, I'm announcing myself as a member of the chamber match. So Seth Rollins. Yeah. Another one of those like uneven things. Cause we talked about Brock and the dish just being like, yeah, I'm in the chamber match. Well, yeah, and Rollins is in the apparently. chamber match. Although you do have to love Kevin Owens because he is a man that thinks much like our, ourselves. <laughs> and cause he's like, hang on. Like, Wait, you, you're just announcing yourself for the chamber match? Like, yeah. you don't have to qualify? Like, I have to qualify. And, uh, you know, wonders, hey, Seth, will you go backstage and maybe talk to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville and, <laughs> you know, see if they'll just let me in? And Rollins is kind of like him and Han. Um, he's like, come on, Seth. He's like, 
if you threaten to walk out of the match, I'll bet they would listen and they'd put me in. And Seth, of course, is very uh, uneasy about this proposition <laughs> and is saved by the music of Kevin Owens qualifying match opponent one Austin Theory McMahon. Ah. The man who has replaced uh, Shane, I think, in the heart of Vince at this point in the world. Seems like it. I mean, did you see the reports this week of like, well, yeah. all I mean, yeah, but I, yeah, I kind of forgot to mention it, really, as far as news, which I can't <laughs> believe I did because that's pretty big news. Well, I mean, the, yeah, so Shane McMahon no Fired longer, his son. Yeah, gone. He's he's out. He well, came and in. Also the, he booked himself in a shitty Rumble appearance, and he was gone forever. Well, because there was also that keeps getting juicier as well, though, as mm. the rumors about the things that Shane wanted to do, the things that ha- like he wanted to be the Iron Man of the Rumble match. Apparently, <laughs> uh, he came out when he came out, and that wasn't that was supposed to be Orton, Orton's really? entrance. And apparently Shane's music hit and Randy just looked at Shane and said, I'm not walking out there to here comes the money. Get your ass out there. <laughs> and so that's why Orton came out 29. Um, God, well, there was something else. Like, I mean, you know, like those Goodness. were apparently booked spots, like the yeah. brawling with Riddle beating mm-hmm. a form, a undefeated UFC performer in a hand to hand combat exchange. I just feel like, like it, it feels like Shane was like, gone like recently like got on cocaine and like Seriously, showed back like, up like super like full of himself and was just like all right here we go i'm the i'm the i'm the star like let's do this that's well that's why it's like you want to kind of be somewhere in the middle on maybe all this because it's like a lot of reason right now for people to be releasing things about him being a shithead yeah to maybe soften the blow of the fact that vince mcmahon just fired his son from the company <laughs> true okay that's very true. Fired his son. That's kind of wild. Oh, boy. Anyways, back to our originally scheduled program. Austin Theory beat fucking Kevin Owens. Like, I, I'm not necessarily mad that Theory's getting a push. He's like, whatever. Future Tony. I, I mean, listen, that's what I mean. Like, it's somebody different. It's somebody new. Lord knows this company has a hard time doing this. So I'm <laughs> trying to not shit on it. But did it have to come at the expense of Kevin Owens, damn it? So. Well, yeah, because he just re-signed his contract, so now he can go right. back to losing these matches. We have you. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, shit, dude. That's the thing about this. I mean, I can understand, like, from the standpoint of you want to, like, perform and do this, but I think people like Kevin Owens are also proof that, you know, seven figures, six pushing seven figures uh, also isn't too bad. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> There's no like- reason to be upset with these guys when they don't want to go have Brian Danielson marathon matches on the other show you know they're like ah, For sure. this is kind of okay sometimes anyway um the scooter race had street profits handing out water they of course refused to give chad gable one and then otis walked up <laughs> with a cup of steak sauce and chad gable was just like is this steak sauce and it was like yeah yeah it's good stuff is this something like it's good protein or something i was like man i'll bet that is a thing like i absolutely believe that like these weightlifters are probably chugging steak sauce for like oh, goodness. the protein and sodium. Oh no, there's too much sodium in that stuff. You're right, that's true. Um, another one of those like, okay, Angelo Dawkins. That's why their Dolph chicken Ziggler. tastes like shit. Sure. <laughs> Just boiled. Fuck, yeah. fuck putting any salt on this or any sort of seasoning. I mean, yeah. Anyways, Angelo Dawkins beat Dolph Ziggler fairly clean and kind of just, uh, that happened. And we're moving on. Oh, it's like not like a, a, a qualifying ah, match. Just no, no. And of course that I can see where people wouldn't be too thrilled about that because 
Angelo Dawkins, you know, wins and nothing happens for him later in the night. They're just like, this is a qualifying match now. <laughs> I can't remember. We'll get there in a second. I can't even remember. Um, Truth and Kevin Patrick are at the finish line for the scooter race. Truth gets some cheap pop, says the Bengals are going to win. Um, Gable fell at the end of the ramp, allowing Riddle easy access to the finish line for Otis just like Vader body clotheslined him mm-hmm. off his scooter. It was pretty awesome, actually. Um, he did the classic sneak attack from the front too. Another instance of that in the nice. annals of wrestling history, where it's like, oh, like he was like sco- scootering right towards the guy and yeah, the mean, camera. Otis just over. ran right at Riddle. <laughs> well, I mean, there was one of those on AEW this week with Jungle Boy, right. anyways. So that's what I mean. There's so it's been it's been a plethora of it, and I feel like I just always think of the cla- you know the OSW guys talking about Owen Hart sitting there in that chair and. The Monty Python as he coming right at you from the front. Um, yeah, Gable gets the win. He is absolutely one of my favorite people in all of wrestling right now, too. Chad Gable is—he's a guy that every time, every time they've given him any chances, he just he go he does the best with it that he can. But this this character, man, I don't know. That's a hot take. Maybe I'm going to say this: Chad Gable will be a world champion. No. Yes. Vince won't let it happen. Dude, this is, it's Kurt Angle, 1999. <laughs> I Get feel like here. you might think that, but I feel like in four weeks, Vince has <laughs> forgotten about him and this character is no longer, like, he'll be back Listen, being Shorty G in a month and a right. half. Uh, can I just dream? <laughs> All right. So anyways, Riddle wants a fight. Riddle's going to get a fight with Otis. Adam Pierce just walks out. He's like, hey, this is a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber now. It's like, okay. okay. And Riddle won. So Riddle qualified for the Elimination Chamber. Him and Brock Lesnar in a cage. I'm excited about that. That's always was one of those when he was on the indies. Mm-hmm. He'd always be kind of poking that bear about him, you know, wanting Lesnar. Uh, Bianca Belair beat Carmella. Carmella entered. We then go to commercial break, DP. We come back from the commercial break. And now, before the bell rings, Carmella has to get out of the ring to put on her protective mask. <laughs> it's like we were in commercial for I'm like surprised. three minutes. I'm surprised that they didn't come back to a different segment backstage, then go back to the arena and have her do that. Because like they, uh. they've really just gotten completely out of whack with their like. Well, people can enter at any time, and we can just have like we can just wait. We'll we'll come back to that later. Oh, exactly. Kevin Patrick is with Alpha Academy. Chad Gable says next week they're going to have a quiz bowl. So, ah. Buzzers and forward. shit. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Will it be like around here? We had our local like Saturday morning quiz bowl with like the high schools. Mm-hmm. It was hosted by like our weatherman. I always thought that was funny. It makes sense. You got to be able yeah. to think on your feet when you're a weatherman. Right. Chamber qualifying match. The last one. AJ Styles got the win over Rey Mysterio. Again, I know WWE sucks for the most part, but we do sometimes take for granted things like an AJ Styles Rey Mysterio match mm-hmm. that was actually really good. So I mean, that's just <laughs> in, in our review this week of a uh, Pentagon Rey Mysterio match. I was like, oh, right. wow. I was like, this is you know, I didn't think about this, but he's, yeah, he's what great. a pick. Yeah, we got lucky on that one because sometimes the main events on Lucha Underground aren't always so great. Yeah. Um, so the Elimination Chamber is set. It's Booby Lashley defending against Brooke Lesnar, Riddle, Austin Theory, AJ Styles, and Seth freaking Rollins. When is the Elimination Chamber? 
Well, you're not going to watch it anyway, and I probably won't either. Oh, that's but it's, the Saudi show, isn't it's it? Saudi. It's the yeah. Saudi show. Okay. Um, but it's like mid-February. Like It's probably a couple weeks away, something like that. I can't remember. February 19th is the number that keeps hitting me, but I don't even know if that's a weekend. <laughs> so. All right. Anyways, it's in Saudi, so we probably won't talk yeah, much no, about it anyway, not. other than how it affects WrestleMania. Eric Bischoff will be the guest host next week of Raw. It's like, man, the old Easy E. You gotta love it. Like he just comes and goes where he pleases. Oh, you guys decided you don't want Shane to be around for WrestleMania weekend. I guess I could just step right into that role. Talk like, about yeah, no, talk, yeah, it's him slide. But hey, Vince, uh, so <laughs> Shane's out of the picture, huh? You know, I've uh, got a little experience running these wrestling companies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if um, Pretty yeah. good host myself. Talk about the man that walks through any forbidden door he sees fit. Eric Bischoff hosting Raw. I just can't um, wait for him to show up on a New Japan show. He's got such a history with New Japan and like making deals with them. It's like that would make sense for him to show up over there, but yeah. it hasn't happened yet. Well, New Japan's maybe been as hurt by the pandemic as anybody when you think just from the standpoint of what happened with that when they lost access to the Western stars. Yes. You know, and just what Absolutely. that meant to that company and interest. And now you tune in, you look at their cards, and you're like, ah, this is, these are the same matches that you had three years ago. It's less the forbidden door as it is just like the, you know, the viral curtain. New Japan's like, listen, <laughs> motherfuckers, we're done walking through your forbidden doors. How about you, son, you sons of bitches get on a plane yeah. and come through our forbidden door because it has been wide open for the last two years and our company from an interest standpoint yeah. is about as low as it's probably been since the Inoki MMA obsession days. <laughs> Anyways, we talked Rosie. And her um, situation here. So we'll, uh, you know, we we included the Becky stuff from Raw on that. So we'll move to SmackDown. We'll end with AEW because, you know, we tend to be a little bit happier with ourselves about what happened on those shows. On SmackDown, we had a, my God, I know I already complained about it. Paul Heyman for 15 fucking minutes just talking. Like, I don't even yeah. know if he took a breath. Um, anyways, we'll move on. It's like, boy, you go from that opening segment, you're like, uh, Ridge Holland and Sheamus beat Ricochet and Cesaro. This was a Ricochet Ridge Holland singles match that turned it. This that's one of those things that like when they first you're like oh that's a that's a fun way to mm-hmm. like you know extend something to get this company man beats this to death like <laughs> it feels almost weekly we get the like singles uh, match that turns into a tag team match yeah like people that weren't even related to the match at the beginning and then yeah suddenly they're part of it um, we announced we hear that the Usos will be defending their tag team titles against the Viking Raiders at Elimination Chamber. And then they decided to have Jimmy Uso beat, I don't even know if he's Eric, he's Rowe, he's Eric Rowe is who I'm, I think it's Eric. Ray Rowe. In like, Ray Rowe, 10 seconds. Like, it was <laughs> really fast. I'm like, great, can't wait to see that title match at the yeah. Elimination Chamber that you also booked out of nowhere. Talk about books, this, I can't believe this is still going on. Natalia still carrying around a Guinness Book of World Records with her everywhere she goes, because they sold their souls to this Company for oh, advertising. they do like a promotional deal for Guinness Books, like twenty 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 twenty. Yeah, because she's in it for pay per view wins and appearances by women or like whatever. Jesus. But it's also now Aaliyah beat her again, mm-hmm. quickly again. This is third the third time now. It's the Shelton um, Benjamin style story, man. Yes. Um. Can't wait for her, for her dad to show up and be a big character. <laughs> hey, now that's just rude. What? 
Natalia's dad's dead. Not Natalia's dad, Aaliyah's dad. Oh, because Shelton okay. had his mom show up and ruined his character. Oh, that's years. oh, that's true. It wasn't good. Um, <laughs> Drew McIntyre's on a warpath. Is literally how they promoted this segment. Yeah, uh, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I feel like they he did walked- that a few months ago because there was a, like a random week that I tuned in and I feel like I heard the same thing where they're just like he's on a warpath. It's like what is this? Uh, this segment is not worth my time or any of yours. It's got a sword. Involved happy. It involved Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Um, Drew McIntyre is going to be fighting Madcap Moss in a singles match at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. He continues to kick people the, while he has a sword in his hand. It's like you could just swing that thing. The MVP of the like Thunderdome, the man who was the world <laughs> champion for this company. It's really cool. It's really, in some really of their, cool. In some of their hardest times is now having singles matches with Madcap Moss. Yeah. So. No. It's, Boy, it's when you fall situation. from this company, you fall fast <laughs> and hard. Um, they promote or they showed the Sammy invasion of the Jackass premiere, red carpet stuff, which was fun. Um, but I love this segment where he's in the office with Adam Pierce and Sonny Deville, and he's like doing his typical, now I know you won't, and you're not going to like, but I deserve my IC title. And Adam Pierce is just like, okay, fine, Sammy. You can have an <laughs> And the Sammy's like, wow, you know, like surprise, obviously, kind of yeah. it's like, wow, well, I mean, you know, I like, I need some time to heal up, you know. I, I can't just. And they're like, "Oh, okay, great. How about uh two weeks? Does February eighteenth sound okay?" <laughs> and again, Sammy's kind of like shocked that this is going. So he's like, uh, "Okay, yeah, that that's that's great." So and then he just kind of like walks out of the office, surprised that he got everything he asked for. And then Natalia walks in. She wants a match with Aaliyah, where you can only win by pin or submission, dungeon style. Ah, that's what that means. Okay. So there you go. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> the um, I yeah. can't wait for once the uh, the promotional tour is over for the Jackass guys and for all of this to be passed. For right. the, just just the discussion of what the fuck happened, like with like with the like Darby Allen rumors and the like yeah. W involvement rumors, and then this switching over to WWE, and then like I mean, listen, I'm it's as simple as money. Well, I'm, I'm just curious, like, the, oh, yeah. I just want to hear one of them kind of confirm the order of events, how it all, like, yeah. why they decided, you know, why it was all of a sudden, because they went from a guy possibly being on the, in the movie, like, doing stunts, yeah, to just, like, doing a promotional thing where Johnny just showed up on WWE programming, like, there's, there's no wrestlers that I remember seeing in that show, in that movie, so. I, I mean, I'll just, you know, spitball and assume, like, they're petty enough that they would see that the exposure AEW could get from any kind of like an association with, with Jackass, which by the way came out and made more money than people anticipated and had a re- really oh, good nice. weekend. What that could have done or meant to AEW and WWE just said, Hey, no, 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 just, just come over here. <laughs> cut we'll that let, Darby we'll, shit. We'll let you have Kevin Smith do his promotional stuff. We're not going to let you get promotional with Jackass. <laughs> Right. So I I would be surprised if WWE was just like, no, no, we we don't want them to get that. So we'll, in fact, just do whatever it takes financially to just have that for ourselves. That makes sense. And if you're jackass, you know, it is still the it's still more exposure. It's still better exposure Mm -hmm. as well. So definitely. Um, Yeah. Rick Boogs, the Freddie Mercury thing was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And now he's like taking it like too literally. And now he's like kind of like. Got his hair styled and his facial yeah. hair, kind of like dressing him like 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 him in classic ways. I can't he wait for him to start coming out with like false teeth. Right. He even came out and did the Deo thing, like on the microphone, oh, like before he's 
Like the day. Yes. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it was like a funny Pat McAfee reference. And now you've leaned too far into it and you've mm-hmm. ruined it. Um, and then his guitar didn't work. And it was Pat McAfee kind of tried to cover for it. But anyways, Nakamura came out and beat Jinder Mahal. Uh, Sami Zayn was on commentary and yelled at Nakamura after the match. They're, you know, of course, having a title match in two weeks. So looking forward to that. That's what, and then that's what they're yeah, going to have go Sammy do right before the Saudi show that he's not going to be at. Yeah, that's like his main event <laughs> angle. Like, all right, well, we got to end your stuff here. <laughs> so, last bit of business we'll talk about here on the SmackDown side of things and a little extended discussion, I guess you might say, only because the New Day DP beat Los Lotharios, but the story here is the people involved. Yeah. Biggie. He's back, back on SmackDown. Yep. Back in the new day. Well, back back in the tag team scene. Had he like isn't the story more that Kofi switched to from Raw to SmackDown or is Woods on SmackDown? Isn't Woods on Raw? No, no. Is- no, no. They're well, they're I thought they were cuz cuz Woods had that whole feud with Roman. So they've been okay, on SmackDown. Okay, so Woods has been on SmackDown. Okay. They both yeah, because that's that was the thing. Remember they put Big E on Raw yeah. and they put Kofi and Woods on SmackDown. So do you think and, Woods comes back on Raw now? That way they can keep the no, threesome apart? No. Or do you think it's all no, back here's, to the here's, here's You want to know what I really think will happen? Because that's just how much this company sucks sometimes. Woods will come back to SmackDown sans King gimmick. And we're going to have the New Day. <laughs> They're just going like to come out with pancakes and unicorn horns yes. on, on WrestleMania? <laughs> yes. Yes. That is exactly what I think will happen. Oh, geez. You're probably right. I mean, I hate to say it. I just That's what I feel like. I mean... Yeah. Uh, part of you wants to be like, ah, you know, like the, the, they'll, they'll get him back up there. Um, we've been saying that about Kofi for what is it, two years now? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hate to say it because there's always, it's always a thing. We've talked about this, but you know, I hate, I kind of hate WrestleMania season from the world title standpoints because it turns into box office and mm-hmm. name recognition and. You know, we complain. I've complained about it. I think you feel pretty similarly based on like our talks on the dish about we're getting Reigns and Lesnar title for title. Yes. That, you know, there were a rumble didn't matter. Elimination chamber doesn't matter. Like it just, it pisses you off because th- yeah. that has been the end game all along. And they fucked around with people. Cause you know what you could have done? You could have kept a belt on Big E and you could have had a separate title situation going on with him and whoever. Mm-hmm. And at least there's that actual working man. These exactly. people were here all. These people were here all year. They're full timers. Been... Let's give him and Seth Rollins, say, just to throw a name out there, a chance to go out there and have a great yeah. match with two of the guys that are actually here every week. It would have been and then fine. Like, have your you know Roman and Brock match over here. The WrestleMania or the the Wrestle Kingdom run of of uh, of Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Like it, it would have yes. been similar to that. Like where it's like it's that secondary title that other like. It, you can have fans that are kind of, this is my main title sort yes. of a thing. All right, hold on one second. There's a stink bug up here, and I don't want to let him out of my sight. Okay, so yeah, all that is unfortunate. I mean, I know people love the New Day, but you know, you kind of keep wanting those guys to break out and be single stars. I mean, I said it when they did it with Biggie, though. It wasn't a hard enough break. He was, It was still too New Day. And I know like you can't just drop who you are necessarily, but... It, just, it never felt like he well, wasn't it's just in the clear new that day. they don't have any ideas for him short of championship run or be in the new day. Like we don't have any ideas True. for this guy yeah. as a single star right now. And so they're just going to go on back to this. It's a good point. No, you're not wrong. 
Uh, so again, we talked about Rousey and the dish. So let's move over to the AEW Dynamite. Boy, nothing could come without con with comp- complication and controversy this week. Uh, John Moxley beat Wheeler Yuta in the opener. Yes, that was supposed to be Brian Kendrick. <laughs> yes, he said that. silly shit on a podcast seven years ago. Whatever. Look. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, because everybody, like, every time that it would be brought up, I remember, like, listening to podcasts with Brian Kendrick back then and being, like, just frustratedly annoyed because it's like, no one took any of what he was saying seriously because it's goofy and weird. And yeah, it's like, yeah, but then it's like, now there's a bunch of people that believe that legitimately. And it's like, so now, now there's a different context to it. So it's like, I understand that the idea of, like, yeah, he said something seven years ago, but. I also yeah. understand this from a company sense, like not then promoting sure. the guy, I guess, but no, it I is, understand. It is frustrating though when you're like, I really would have liked to see the Spanky versus Moxley match well, at this point, but I, I understand it. I think give this one time. Um, because I also, his situation reminds me a lot of James Gunn's situation with Disney. Yeah. Where in his surrounding and atmosphere, you know, when he was hanging out with the trauma folks, making movies over there mm-hmm. with some very dark and alternative comedic thoughts and opinions that yeah. clearly weren't from his heart. It was, you know, just the kind of humor they were making. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's one of those things again with Kendrick where I think it was, I don't think he believes those things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he just I mean, likes he fucking with people. I would hope so. I, I, that's, that's the sense that I, I was hoping for, but I don't know. I haven't like kept up with the guy for the last right. year or so, so I don't know, but. So anyways, um, but yeah, Danielson would appear in the ring afterwards and tells Moxley that they should be fighting together. No millennial cowboy, Weird. no man dressed like a dinosaur or someone who does a vlog should be champions, which I totally agree with that vlog one. That's still one of my favorite clips. Did you ever see that Danielson clip? Where I think he was standing there with like uh, Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara and Alan Angels and them, and like he just goes in this whole like, what kind of a human would watch a vlog? He's like, <laughs> no, he's like, oh, because they ask him like they're filming for their vlog, and they're like asking him like, what do you thinks about vlogs? He's yeah. just like, I think the lowest form of human like this, and Jeez. Ty's face like just drops as he's like he <laughs> keeps going on and on about like people that would do or watch a vlog, so. It's a, a running thing with him here. Yeah. Um, they could take guys like Yuda, Garcia, Moriarty under their wing and train the next generation. He proposed uh, he didn't just propose like a tag team, he proposed let's let's make a whole faction. Let's let's yeah. uh let's create this whole thing. Well and there was a lot of waiting for a- Mox to be like, You're like hey man, we just said hello. <laughs> like we've we've only yeah. looked at each other until now. Yeah. Uh, Danielson tells Moxley to think about it. Uh, Moxley, you know, seems intrigued but skeptical. And uh, this was, I thought, I kind of unnoticed, and I liked that it was unresolved. Danielson paused and thought long and hard about which entrance to go back through. <laughs> I missed that. And then they cut away. So I don't know. I don't even know which gotcha. one he went through. It's it's like so. the the end of Inception, right? So yeah, so what do you, what do you think about this? What do you think of the uh, Danielson and Moxley, you know, super faction here? Are they gonna 
bring up their own like American top team here kind hope, of a situation. I, I hope not. I just, cause I don't know that Mox is great in a group form, but I don't know. I mean, everybody else has got a faction. So I think this is, yeah, I, I like this idea a lot. I think this could be great. Um, I thought it was a really, it's really smart you, too, because is it just going to be the millionaires club though. Well, no, not if they go out and they're, they have Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty. You know, like it, Sounds like it wants to, he, you know, it's a, he wants to like coach up young it's guys like, type of thing. It's like what they wanted to do with the Nightmare Family before Cody became completely like toxic. You can't, well, you can't, you right. Can't. And then, yeah, then they, and then QT Marshall didn't help matters <laughs> much there. Um, yeah, no, I really like the idea of this. I think this is absolutely something they're going to do. I think Danielson and Moxley are going to be a terror in this company, like <laughs> in the year or so moving okay. forward. I mean, I'd be interested in it. Well, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes, though. Yeah, so we should we shall see. I mean, Moxley might tell Danielson no, but I don't think it's going to stop Danielson from doing what he wants to do. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that all goes down. I'm not talking about that. Andrade is upset about Private Party losing last week, as he's now an investor. How much? <laughs> how this works? Where his money comes from in regards to that? It's all very ambiguous, which actually to this point, I'm almost kind of loving from a comedic standpoint because him and Matt Hardy now having these like talks about money yeah. and investments and not like, <laughs> what does any it's of this all, actually mean? It, they they keep it vague enough that you can't pin yes. down anything. It's just all right. nonsensical. Because Matt Hardy was at least talking percentages at one point months mm-hmm. ago, and then that just stopped. Um, <laughs> and I did also love how like Matt Hardy like admonishing Isaiah Cassidy. Um, you know, in private party and those guys for losing and embarrassing him. But then he gives him a shot at Sammy Guevara. So it's, you know, yeah. Blades just back there. Like I could fight Sammy Guevara, but no, no <laughs> private party all the time here. Isaiah Cassidy too. I don't know if Mark Quinn's like healthy or what. Yeah. I don't know. Tends to be a problem with him. It seems like, um, yeah. And then, and then the other, my, my other favorite, like I don't understand part of this whole feud is like this assumption that Darby Allen is just going to like, jump on board and want to be on their team. Like, yeah, he doesn't like Matt from before all this is going on. <laughs> Why would he want to join up with Andrade? Like, it's just funny how they're like speaking for Darby Allen and this. It's like, what would lead any of you to think that Darby's going to want to have any part of any of this? There was part of me though, with the way that Darby like places his foot and, and the, the aftermath of all this that I was like, are they seriously just going to go with this like ridiculous swerve? Like, please don't. But, the th- <laughs> but it's like Andrade is one of the best workers in the world. I don't want him managing. What's he doing? You know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. know. There, there's some people that are that are questioning if he's one of the greatest workers in the world or if it was all hype, Tony. Oh, does he have it? Is go, it real? Go back and watch him and Gargano at that takeover, whatever it was, Pittsburgh or whatever. When yeah, he beat but- that. Johnny Gargano can wrestle like an empty toilet paper roll, and you'd be impressed. Andrade was one of the best workers before he came to NXT. No, you're right. No, I'm I'm just saying that's like there's there's some internet shitheads out there now. Uh, the Kings of the Black Throne or the Kings of the Black Church, as Justin Roberts announced them as as they were entering. Um, he, he said, "No, no, no, no." He called them kings. They're the knights. And oh yeah, yeah, that's what they said. Yes. That's what he said wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's it was. What, I got it mixed when, up. When he said the first word, I was like, "Oh man, Justin, you went the wrong way with that first right. that first sound." I'm sure he word. was like, "Yeah, I'm sure he was like, damn it." <laughs> um, but they beat Death Triangle, uh, represented by Pac and Pentagon, 
El Zero, El Emo, Dento, yeah. whatever his name Pac, is now. Pac, I can see with my eyes. It was all a ruse. <laughs> Again, a little anticlimactic. I'm sorry, like if I'm being honest, just like <laughs> on something that yeah. felt like it could be so cool and like could really build up to like a big Pac Malachi match. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm all right. Yeah, he even went through the like, all right, lead me to the ring, like with my yeah. thing on, and then during the entrance, as soon as they get in the ring, ha! It's like, oh, okay, you couldn't have like they lost made that dramatic too. during the middle of the match, but yeah, I guess yeah. that that's part of the issue. He he was right. bad strategy. I think this is also just like a good like I think uh, Malachi and Brody have are like on their you know the big like. It's going to be a big push, I think, for oh, the yeah, two of them. Yeah. Tag title, maybe even that kind of stuff. Up until, uh, you know, until John Moxley and fucking Brian okay. Danielson take over. Might be a hell of a feud there. Um, but anyways, but I think Death Triangle, this might be the best time to let's We've said that the last like three this. times that they've had any interaction. We've been like, all right, that feels like a good closing point. for Because they Triangle. just, because they, because they, they kind of randomly throw it together and I you're always want... kind of like, oh, that's cool. But then it doesn't really amount to much. At this point, the only thing I'm worried about is that the end of Death Triangle will be the end of Alex Abramantes being with them. And I really like him being with them. <laughs> no, well, I think he'll be with, he's, he's been coming out with Pentagon and yeah, Phoenix. So he even when... still be with Pentagon, but. Yeah, because the, the Pac Association always felt like it was more of like a matter of need. Because I can't remember at the time there was something about because wasn't that going to be Eddie and then he got hurt or something. Eddie tried to break them up at the beginning because Pac couldn't get it back in yeah. the country because of COVID. That's right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, there was that whole thing with Pac when he wasn't around. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's just it's just been a bit snake bit since like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the jump. Um, the Adam time Cole, that graphic pops up whenever the entrance starts. I'm like, oh, man, we're back to Death Triangle again. OK, right. Hey, they have their own theme song. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Um, Adam Cole talks about being undefeated in AEW. Doesn't even want to hear about that Orange Cassidy first, match. He starts listing all the men that he's beaten, and he starts. And he the says very all of them, which is fine. But he yeah. he waited just long enough after Frankie Kazarian that I thought he was just calling yes. him out for a match. So like, did why? I. Why are we going yeah. there? <laughs> so did I. I was like, well, I mean, I guess good for Frankie. Yeah, no, it did. Because he even said, like, Anthony Green. He said Khan. He, like, I mean, I, the people he's beaten on Elevation, Dark, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Yeah, he, knows, he knows his entire win-loss rec- rundown, apparently. Um, doesn't get the respect he deserves. It's like, I don't know what that means, because you do, but okay. And yeah. then uh, we're going to see a new side. A cold that gets, it's like, you've been doing all of this. Like, none of this is, sounds new. Or different. Oh, he's just—he's more ruthless now. He's like Bret Hart, like world title run in I think '94 when he just went on. He just beat everybody on TV, and then he didn't have anybody left to beat. And then like Cut Promo was complaining about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that could be a thing. I just—I took this as more like you know maybe this is him signaling that we're gonna get him like attacking the Bucks here shortly with his buddies. Well, because well, the other thing too is Fish and O'Reilly. Have just been MIA. O'Reilly's been MIA for like three weeks. So it's just that whole angle just kind of quietly stopped being a thing, it seems like. Because gotcha. the Bucks also weren't around, you know, this yeah. year. So I, you know, I don't know. I get that it's a lot of people to get on TV, a lot of stories. Sometimes mm-hmm. things won't be on the show. And, and then there's fine, also but, the, the COVID scares that are constantly happening because new variants well, make it difficult. And then you have that. Yeah. Um, so another thing about this coming that drives me a little crazy with their unsanctioned matches, and I do think it's a smart way to like 
give people loss. But what annoys me is like the story afterwards has been this every time. The bad guy loses the unsanctioned match and then just acts like it didn't happen. And it doesn't matter because it's not on my record. Doesn't matter. Britt Baker, doesn't matter the Thunder Rosa beater. It you know, it didn't matter that John Moxley it won't matter. Omega. It, it won't matter till they have their next match and then it will matter right. again. Right. And then they'll win that match and say just drives me a little crazy. Like I, I like it. It's an it's a yeah. good way to like kind of give a win to something, you know, without maybe hurt. But at the same time, it has been consistently the exact same story every time. Like, because this is the first time Adam Cole's spoken since he lost Orange Cassidy, you know, a huge, amazing looking thing spot. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It, it, can't you at least be a little upset about it or sell it a little bit? So, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Drives me a little crazy how they kind of k- keeps going that direction. Um, Nyla Rose, in my opinion, got a bit of a surprise, uh, victory over Ruby Soho in a mm-hmm. solid match. That's gotta be one of the first, that's gotta be one of Nyla's first singles matches on Dynamite since she was champion, probably. That she won or that? Well, she's, she's had matches. Match. She's had matches. Singles matches? Yeah, but she's lost them. Oh, like, okay. Cause yeah. she took on Riho when they, she first came back. Oh, and, yeah. Right. But anyways. That's true. Um, Glenn Gun Club Bully Jungle Boy backstage. This one, I don't know why is this was the one that I was talking about with the like the attacking from because like they're like, hey, come along with us, cameraman. We're gonna go after <laughs> you're gonna want to see this. And literally, yeah. the camera just pans two feet, and he's right. Yeah. It's like so. Jungle Boy heard the come along with us, cameraman. Right. <laughs> well, and like, why are Jurassic Express like not hanging out with one another? It's clear that they can't be separated, and why they're always hanging out in this like dock loading bay area. When they get beat up by the gun club. Because that's the only place that they've got, like, all the other rooms get claimed very quickly in Jurassic, uh, you know, Jungle Boy. Well, yeah, that's true. When you have six backstage segments where someone attacks someone, then you run out of spots to do them in. All right, Chris, we'll meet you in the, uh, you know, the eastbound stairwell, so... Ah, no, no, sorry, that's the Andrade Hardy family office. They're standing in that stairwell (laughs) right now for their promo. Uh... So yeah, I'd imagine Jurassic Express and the old ass boys are going to have a fight down the road. The uh, Millennial Cowboy, the AEW champion, Adam Page, who I haven't loved the booking since he's won the title, um, is out. I just feel like he's he's, he's in the middle of the show every week. Yeah. It just never feels special. Well, because they've also been having like other major matches. Like I know, but man, it's just like it was just like the story to get him to the belt, and then it's like he gets the belt, it's like Oh, yeah, you know, like the Danielson well, stuff. It's just been like he was... got the belt, and then all of a sudden we've got to like feature CM Punk and MJF because they're yeah. having a program all on TV and not on the pay per view. And so it's yeah. just, to me, it feels like there's just so much other stuff they're focusing on that it's forced them to kind of leave him in the middle of the show. Cause yeah. then, it, you know, well, we don't want to put him at the very beginning, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. You're, you're, oh, well, yeah, right. they're so afraid to like get compared to, Raw or SmackDown that they won't just do because this is an opening of the show segment. Yeah, like I'm totally the, fine with the way that like he's like the the people that they've been putting it. Like I'm excited about oh, yeah. the match. Yeah, but yeah. but like you said, it, it, the booking has felt a little bit you know less. Like, I know I know they don't want the comparisons that this is how you open the show. Yeah, your champion comes out because he's the champion. He's the face of your company. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and and I, Tony Schiavone has questions. Tony Schiavone has questions. The microphone will be taken out of his hand and he will stand in the corner <laughs> for the remainder of it like a pervert. What? I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, he talks about his Texas death match next week against the murder hawk Lance Archer. It's fine. Jake Roberts and Dan Lambert, because 
at some point Lance Archer acquired a second manager. Well, yeah, it feels very much like they realized <laughs> that like they got Jake right at the end of his ability to really do much and Right. I feel like they've just kind of like quietly are like, all right, we need someone else to speak because Jake can only say a few things. Yeah. Because it, it, it also I, like here when it, they first came out, it looked like like Jake was trying to like do the like say start to say something gets cut off by Lambert just like taken over from the beginning. Because I mean, let's face it, that's why it's like that's why we've talked about how Lambert doesn't need to be put with talkers because mm-hmm. he doesn't leave much room for yeah you know room in the conversation for the person he's representing. So yeah, it's funny just watching them compete to talk. I'm surprised honestly the way that this has all worked out. Like, how did Dan Lambert not just end up with Andrade? That's like, not bad Andrade's character bad. is a character that also fits into the, like, I guess, like, you know, the cool, rich guy that, the, similar to the guys that he's, that Lambert has with him, except for, yeah. you know, that he's then not stealing mic time from Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Well, exactly. Yeah. The men of the year don't need him. I, I think there's a place for Dan Lambert in this company. Mm-hmm. They just, they don't need to put him with people that have the ability to speak for themselves. Like, you've so. got plenty of folks that, could use the mouthpiece, you know, let's just be wise about <laughs> let's, this. Let's have him, let's have him be the uh, manager for Danhausen. <laughs> wow. What a combination that would be. Um, <laughs> I'm just envisioning a, a, a heel Danhausen now as well. Um, anyways, Archer and Paige, of course, end up brawling. Dan Lambert used a chair across the back of Paige that had no effect, but that distraction allowed Archer to take control. Attack from behind, hit a choke slam on the steel steps. You know, just great stuff. Again, and this company, I know they don't do the monthly pay-per-views, but it's like, shit's going to be on TV next week? Mm-hmm. Like, all right. I mean, I, I, I don't do want to be overly critical. Who do you think? I don't. I, I, go ahead. What? Who do you think he faces at the uh, Revolution show? I mean, Jesus, I don't know. Like, I, I, again, I was about to say, I don't want to be critical. I know we're trying to. Keep, we're trying to build an audience. We're trying to be fast paced. I just think we could slow down on some of these feuds a little bit, you know? Like, maybe you can wait till like, revolution. I like having these, these matches on TV though, man. I like, know, I like having but it's just, a chance to watch I, some championships. Listen, that's what I'm saying here. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm on both sides of the fence here. I'm talking about that's both sides saying. of my mouth. Like, I like watching them. I like that it's, free for me to see mm-hmm. i like that that makes their tv shows more compelling but you know like i don't know i don't know it's just weird because like the match that we're about to talk about i can't believe was on free tv <laughs> which i mean again it was a great match I'm glad i got to mm-hmm. watch it but it's just like damn that was it also that that could have been a main event at revolution they went they did they went so far with that main event match that like with the way that it like ended in the middle yeah. Or not like a third of the way in. Like it, yeah. that, when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, that was a good, like a good way to continue this. And that, like, I was fine with the show. Like, I thought the show should be over. And then it was like, yeah. no, we've still got two more commercial breaks and a lot of <laughs> stuff to get through. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like, dude, when that, they started to come out, I looked at like, you know, where I was at after I st- hit play on the commercials. And I was like, there's 45 minutes left in this show. Yeah. I was like, this, I was like, wow, okay, you know, here we go. Like, mm-hmm. and it was, it was an absolute pay per view quality main event match. Like I said, this could have main evented revolution, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, um, this is also, I mean, this is just a, as far as if you're going to go to Chicago as often as they are going to go to Chicago. Yeah. 
you better give them something that's exciting that's going to bring them back into the building. And this is a match that, like, yeah, sure. if I lived in Chicago, that I would have for sure been at this show. Like, it's a good point. You're not wrong. And then Khan even said after the show that apparently they'll be back in Chicago before Double or Nothing, and it's yeah. going to be a big show or something. They're some doing like big... quarterly shows in this in in Chicago. It seems like. I mean, listen, I'm sure there's a strategy, like a business strategy mm-hmm. too, like how they because they still haven't really gone west, like no. at all. No. Yep. I don't even think have they gone like maybe Denver. I think they've done Denver. They've done Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah, they did Minneapolis. I don't. Texas? Have they? I think they dipped they their toes Texas. in Texas. Yeah, they did a few Texas shows. Yeah, but I mean, like, like they are getting bad again. You know, I, I, well, that's true. The pandemic, I think, may have also probably done some to prevent and halt that. Aren't I they? feel like they would have been in California by now if they, because of the Young Bucks yeah. connection. And like that's, that's they. I feel like if the pandemic hadn't hit, they definitely would have been there. Yeah, but at this well, they point, did the Cow Palace. They haven't been. Didn't they do a Cow Palace show? Yeah, I think you might be right at some point. But anyways, yeah. So they're they're still kind of working on it. There's, it's, it's a, I'm sure that it's a smart build to making sure you've got these markets before you start maybe coming to them a little bit less regularly yeah. as you expand into other markets. Up and you next, go there Boise. More. Got to go get, got to go up there and get the Bismarck and Boise and Olympia, (laughs) all those important ones up there. North Dakota, South Dakota, let's go. Yeah. Um, I loved seeing a Pepsi plunge. My IWA Mid South loving self was very happy Mm -hmm. to see that one. And I like that the storyline coming off of it in the match was the exact thing that I was worried about if he did it in the first place. It's like. That is a killer move for your oh, knees. Dude. Like you, oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. There's a reason why he stopped doing that. Um, but yeah, MJF would win the match. Um, it would be restarted, and then he, you know, won again. Yeah, he choked him out with the tape. That was. Yeah. I loved how quickly Tony Schiavone, the, you know, the man who's like watching weekly old shows for his podcast, yeah. so he sees all this old stuff all the time. Yep. He's just like, oh, it's the tape. It's the tape on the ring. It's like no one. That's not something that people just do all the time anymore, man. But I mean, Dude, okay. It is. That's one of my favorite, though, like heel things. It's yeah. just so smart. Like you've got all that tape on your wrist and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason rap- to have to bring a string into the ring. You can just, right. you know, you've got this stuff. So yeah. But anyways, Wardlow would inadvertently, you could say, mm. distract Punk. I think I don't, I didn't take that as inadvertent. I took that as Ooh. planned. He passed him the ring. Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> well, but Punk didn't, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, but, it was, but it Punk was, was very... just more or less doing, yeah. Well, because it was a get out of here kind of thing from Punk, you know what I mean? That's what I mean mm. by it not being like Wardlow, like, making a silly face at him, Got or like, it. trying to antagonize him. It was kind of like Punk being a little bit dumb, actually. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is, it's, I mean, it really should see kind of where things go from here. I think, like, if we've spoken in the past, this company's really good at just, Snapping their fingers and guys going in separate directions. Yeah. I don't know if you can do that here. You know, maybe it does ultimately lead to maybe a, a pay per view match at Revolution between these two. I you think, still have kind of, you still kind of have the Wardlow more than likely being in that ladder match. Now that you know? I thought about it though, like, cause we were just talking about who could be the Revolution. I mean, I feel like this instantly puts MJF like, because he was that was the whole thing was mm. Punk was going to keep ruining his chances at that mm. until he fought yeah. him, and now he's beaten him. So now he's going to move on to that, and then they'll go for Revolution. And Page and MJF—that's what Revolution? I think is happening at Revolution. Yeah. Hmm. And but I like it. The only thing that I I give any pause to is that 
that ladder match Easter egg that they've dropped weeks ago now about remember Wardlow, you're going to win the, you know, mm-hmm. face of the revolution ladder match. Oh, and then yeah. you're going to give me that title opportunity. Yeah. But you're also was- right from a, from a rankings and win standpoint, mm-hmm. it, Sure seems like that makes a lot of sense. I think just to be to give opposition to your prediction, I will say it will be Adam Page versus Adam Cole at Revolution. Oh, uh, okay. I can see that too. Yeah. But I don't think I think you're right. I I think it makes sense from just like conventional win losses, mm-hmm. rankings, that kind of thing that Yeah, and just where they were going into the reason that they fought but he fought Punk in the first place, like True. But I also think MJF page, if I could do it, I would, it would be all out. Yeah. And MJF would beat page for the bill. <laughs> but boy, that feels like it's a decade away at this point. And mm-hmm. the way that this company does love to pump up their television, <laughs> you know, rank, yeah. you know, ratings and got another big TNT just, show to get to. We got another right. pay-per-view to get to before then. Yeah, they might not be able to help themselves. We got Fight so for we'll the see. Fallen and, and Fighter Fest back to back. Ugh, so many shows. Um over on the rampage, um, you know, a solid outing. I was um, just very ex- I'm just gonna say this now because you just yes. mentioned it and we probably won't we usually don't go over like the next week on out on the rampage thing. But when it was announced that the big Sonic ring is returning, I was very excited. Listen, because at this got point the like, coming out, why not get yeah. you know, get the involvement? And embrace it. Like you had it, people kind of made fun of it. You know what? <laughs> Screw it. We're just gonna lean into it. Yeah. You know, like you all can say what you want. Yes, it's the most ridiculous representation of a brass ring. But <laughs> we're sticking with it. Oh. Um, I just hope Adam, that they actually yeah. do get you know get some money from Paramount this time and get that connection in there. That movie's about to come out. I'm sure they're like, hey, how about movies under our Warner Brothers banner? Can we get a little love here on AEW, jackass? Yeah. Instead of going and selling your soul to Vince. Anyway, so as he announced on Dynamite, Adam Cole had a match with Evil Uno. He beat Evil Uno because that's just what happens to Evil Uno. Um, But after the match, also, everyone, no one gives Adam Cole any shit for this. When he just stole the story time thing from CM Punk. (laughs) It was literally like, did he ever watch... CM Punk before he came because he just came to the company story to do that. It's time for story time with Adam Cole. It's like that is literally CM Punk's thing. <laughs> I mean, Punk stopped doing it. Okay. Because I because now that I but I was just remember I just remember he, he like throwing that out there. And I'm like, is he mocking Punk or is he trying to act like he doesn't actually know that like CM Punk's been on this show and he's been saying that. So, anyways, I just think that's interesting. Um, yeah, this was when he ran down to the end of his entire like rogues gallery of everybody he's beaten. Talks about how he's undefeated. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's everything that he said on Dynamite. Um, no, this he wants some. He wants some respect. I don't think he talked on Dynamite. He was talking on Rampage. Yeah, he wasn't did. It? No, he talked on. No, he talked about. He did the same promo about pretty much on Dynamite. Because um, then he challenged Evil Uno for Rampage. Because I didn't remember that at all. I th- that's why the I thought the match came out of nowhere when it was against Evil. No, Uno. yeah, because he was like, I'm going to prove it Friday. Cause that's, yeah. Um, but yeah. No matter where he goes, he runs the show. And this was when he said, I will become AEW world champion. Yeah. So there's your tease there. TNT title match. Sammy Guevara beat Isaiah Cassidy. Um, Andrade and Matt Hardy, you know, cornered Sammy after the match. Now, until Darby. Yes. When, when we were talking about Undisputed Era versus the Young Bucks and all that stuff earlier, 
a lot of the talk was like, well, you know, once Omega comes back, they can have the three-way, three-match. Do you think that by him declaring this, this allows them to then put, just put, uh, Adam Page into that role and have him be the 3 0, uh, the three verse against them in a match? Man, I don't know. That's a lot of like, that's a lot of like unpacking the story that you just spent like two years mm-hmm. telling. That's true. For, pa- for Paige to just be like, sure, Matt and Nick, I'll be your friend again. It feels very much like something that would more be in the line of what I would see in like a WWE storyline versus right. like, it, it's the things that like, you know, so far AEW has not stooped to doing that. Like, yes. so I wouldn't assume that they would do that, but it, it does I mean, make an interesting thing because, you know, you've got that, like, as far as like the, the divide of face yeah. versus heel, Suddenly, if Adam Cole's the bigger asshole, then the right. becomes, you know, Cause, quasi faces. Because my other problem with that idea, too, would be like, is if you had Adam Page go back with the Bucks and like everything's hunky dory and then Omega comes back and is like, yeah, what the it. fuck? Then you're literally just going to do the reverse <laughs> angle of what you did with those two, where now it's going to be Kenny yeah. fighting to like get his friends back from the evil hangman or whatever. No, you're right. <laughs> so, but I mean, hey, I wouldn't put, put something like that past them. Um, yeah, Darby Allen would make the save for Sammy and then they would stare at each other because that's just what everybody just stares at Sammy. I feel like in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Andrade and Matt duck out and, uh, yeah, I'll bet we'll get a tag match probably, probably. next week. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying. Um, yes, folks, if you're running the tally, this is probably the 145th consecutive backstage interview that ended in an attack. Tony Schiavone is interviewing Chris Statlander. And uh, I think this was another front attack situation as well, if I remember right. Well, I mean, like, I feel like there's a there's a th- like the one thing I will say about this like front attack criticism, just because <laughs> you're you're assuming you know what is on the camera side of the room. There could very mm. well be a turn in a hallway, right, or something right. right there. But you're yeah. right. If it is, if we're on, you know, just in a warehouse and we're shooting in one <laughs> corner, and then yeah. you get attacked from a front. Yeah, no, she well, and- she runs in and just punches her. And Layla Hirsch is, you know, she's kind of short, so she's sneaky. I mean, she could have just maybe been below the sight line of Chris. No, no, it was from behind because she hits her with the chair in the back. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So Layla, I'm sorry. Statlander was saying Layla Hirsch needs to act like a professional. This, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Layla attacked her with a chair. And, uh, there you go. Not very nice. Yeah. And then Red came to check on her. Oh, yeah. Yes. Red Velvet came and checked on her. Um, we had our, a match that I couldn't have been more disappointed in how they got to this match, how they promoted this match, and how this match ended up coming to be. Like, th- this happened. The Mercedes Martinez attack in the, in the TBS tournament happened like a month ago. And since that attack, there's been nothing. And now, here we are having this singles match for... Again, it's just one of those examples I talked about last week where it's like you have opportunities to promote and produce solid feuds in your women's division, and then you take a month off between the initial attack and when we're getting the singles match between these two and this blood feud. I mean, kind of. I just the gap been doing in time promos. was just a little bit long for me. They've been doing promos every week. Like, have they? Okay. Yeah, like they've done a, a good job with the promo. Like, I remember specifically, like last week, we discussed the promo video was really good. Okay. In the promotion of this. But yeah. you're right. It was, it was like the attack happened. 
then like a week went by with nothing and then you have a week of like thunder rosa being like hey what the hell was that you know and then a week of mercedes martinez and then it's just been like hype promo things just with just the snippets of the very short you know promos between the two it hasn't been something that's been given a ton of focus but i yeah they by the time they got here they made it out to be this like main event level match and then yeah. and then it also ends like very quickly in a way that even the announcers are going this doesn't happen here what's going on <laughs> <laughs> i know right yes the uh the rare disqualification in here is thunder rosa would beat mercedes martinez by dq when she just used a pipe that was just laying around yeah <laughs> and uh attack thunder rosa with pipe, it. tony what about it <laughs> yeah, sorry um but yeah we'll just also get to the revelation here of i was kind of this is a bit of an eye roll for me could have done without this yeah i just maybe wish it'd been somebody else or just involve some jade maybe and mark sterling or something you know. well because it did involve jade and mark sterling because that's the whole thing is this, this is very this is very much like matt hardy and uh andrade True. level like right. fuckery where it's <laughs> like where it just feels very uh, like we're i guess going we should through- say we're Before we talk about these, it, we should say what happened. Curves Dude. and corners just to get yeah. around to say that basically, D- you know, Doctor Baker yeah. was the person money rolling all of the attack yeah. through which another I, person, through another person. Which I also just, and I guess it's wrestling. Spin my belief. There's a lot of people with just like disposable income in this company yes. that are like of able to pay people. Yeah, there's a lot of there's also a lot of people of that. If why does some of these wrestlers have so much money that they're just throwing it around while other wrestlers <laughs> will 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 compromise their moral positions to take that money and right. make these attacks? <laughs> yeah, what's the disparity in pay here between certain people on the <laughs> roster and others? Like I, mean, I know she's also a dentist, which I'm private sure Private party makes. are desperate for money and but you know, right. Matt Hardy's just like throwing it around wherever. Yeah, private party who have been in this company since day 1 apparently <laughs> have not, you know, moved up the pay scale at all since they've been here. Um, but yeah, Britt Baker's paying Mercedes Martinez to, and that and that upsets that her Jamie. friend Jamie for some reason because yeah. I'm I'm supposed to be involved with all of the thuggery that takes place in this group. Like, what are you talking about? Which is like, I guess that's a reason to be mad about something. We're probably gonna end up with like a Thunder Rosa Jamie Hater duo against Mercedes and Britt. So, company loves tag matches. Um, yeah, so. Jericho was on commentary too, and I actually said out loud, like, that might be the first disqualification in AEW. Yeah. Like, mm, might be. And then main event time, FTW championship. I mean, I guess it's like an official title. Um, but Ricky Absolute Starks defended against Jay Lethal. Um, and a, a outstanding match, you know, mm-hmm. great showing here from both of these gentlemen. Um, Dante Martin also got involved to uh, taking powerhouse Hobbs out, which again, just kind of disappointed me because it, it didn't matter. Like I'm just yeah. <laughs> for something that big, like, Oh my God, they took out Hobbs. Like, and then that's why lethal wins. No, no, no he's still yeah. lost. I was yeah. like, okay. I mean, I guess the, I will say like the promo beforehand, like just listening to Jay lethal. I don't know. There's something about it. Like it was very old school sounding to me, like as far as like the wrestling promo. And that wasn't bad. It was just right. different, complete, so much different than like everyone else that is speaking on the show. Um, it just stood out to me, but, um, the match itself, I thought, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Ricky Starks continues to impress me and everything that he's done in this company so far. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the sky's the limit for sure there. And, uh, you know, Jay lethal did exactly what Jay lethal is here to do. And 
you know, made Ricky look like a million bucks, gave him a big win and, uh, you know, onward and upward for both gentlemen, I would imagine. And, uh, we'll see if old the other Martin brother gets back here soon. My goodness. It's, it's just, yeah. Cause now this has gotten messy. No, it's just going to, what's going to happen is one day we'll learn that his contract just wasn't renewed. And then he'll tweet <laughs> about how he was upset that he didn't get opportunity. And Tony will tweet about how it was because of his wrestling. And cause if you're Dante Martin at this point, who's your mentor? Is it Leo Rush? Is it Matt Seidel or is it Jay Lethal? What, 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 what's that yeah. poor guy's angle right now? Yeah, no, it's he's, been everybody. He's kind of gotten in his big push has come at the same time as they've had a hard time, like, Mm-hmm. Keeping him, I would have stuck with the Team Taz thing for a little longer. Well, no, they needed to. What they needed to do was they needed like the Leo Rush angle was like it was working. Like the the yes. them as a tag team was coming together. It's like but with great. his whole like yeah. deal and apparently only signing like a three month contract in the initial contract. Which anyways. why would you let? I'm not. You know what I mean? Like that's just not wise oh, on from the no. AEW side of things. You know? Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, good, good, good deal of shows there. Um, you know, AEW. Um, I don't, we don't talk about ratings a lot, but does it give you any concern when Dynamite with MJF and Punk doesn't do really anything special from a rating standpoint? Well, they were coming off their highest ratings in like a year before the week yes. before. So that's what I mean. But it's just odd that then the match, here's the match and, you know, it doesn't do as well in the demographic and it doesn't do as well you know, as far as view, yeah. overall viewership goes. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like that, like they've kind of like settled into a number that like, that's why when the, it was the highest overall ratings, I, I was surprised because it seemed like they had kind of settled to a certain point that it's going to take more of a like consistent long term thing of like slowly building numbers yeah. up to really go anywhere from this point. Um, yeah. because I've just, yeah, like it seems like they kind of like people come and go seemingly at different times. It's also Wednesday night. Wasn't that the start of the storm that was going across the country as well? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, I'm, not, I, trying to, I'm yeah. not saying necessarily that, that that's a great excuse, but there are always these other things that are outside of that. Like, you know, Olympics. Like, I watch, like I almost never watch dynamite live. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, I got to catch it later on and play catch up on it or whatever, just because of things sure. going on in my life or whatever. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are like that. And I don't know how much some of those people are counted in the ratings or in the day after the, you know, 48 hours yeah. after or whatever, all that. Sure. No, I'm not trying to like doom and gloom or anything. I just, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. And then lastly, we'll end it here with the big news that came on Friday night from Tony Khan himself, DP Wednesday. Face of the Revolution ladder match qualifier, Isaiah Cassidy versus a debuting superstar. Tony Khan has sold it as someone is walking through a forbidden door and slamming another door behind them. Oh. When this, when they appear this Wednesday on Dynamite. Hmm. I, Mr. Cardona. Well, listen. Jesus, you have just given the worst possibility <laughs> I've seen on the internet. I hope yours isn't true. My GCW um, no, runs no, done. I'm back. No, he's he's doing a great job. You're right. No, he's been actually really fun in GCW and anyway. I will just throw out names to you, and I just want initial reactions, thoughts, opinions. These are just some of some of some of my thoughts came to my head immediately. If There's been some smell. speculation on it. Here's the first. Here's the name number one. I will throw at you. Okay, Jeff. Hardy. 
it seems like there's not, I mean, I, there seems like he's got a lot that he needs to get taken care of before he shows up on either company. But now the thing about it is the way it was, it set was said almost, it literally almost sounds like Tony Khan is expecting legal issues, perhaps Mm -hmm. to follow the debut of this person. Oh, well, if that's the case, then yeah, probably Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Okay. So Jeff Hardy. Okay. Will Ospreay. That would be that would be a very like that'd be a major like that's that'd be insane like that'd be that's huge. big yeah because that because he's also been the guy that spent like the last two years talking shit about AEW and about how like yep. he's gonna build this company in New Japan and he's here for the long haul and he's sticking with them and all that stuff so but they've Again, also another... his his group just continually loses every match possible <laughs> in that company so. There you go. I mean, and he's another guy too, though, that, that would probably be maybe a little bit messy legally mm-hmm. with yeah. New Japan. Okay. Uh, also, Musta- not a good time yes. to upset New Japan, though, by the way, with their. I know. I know. Forbidden doors right. being open. Some, some that are maybe a little more likely, and then I'm going to throw a really wild card. I just one out can't there. wait for it to just be Yuji Nagata and you. Well, I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm, that's why I'm, we're having fun here. All right. Mustafa Ali. He still hasn't gotten his release yet. Like, in mm, if I know. if he had gotten his like it, WWE would not be letting it still be still be quiet at this point. If there was a chance of him showing up over there with the big, they would like, I, um, make it. But clear. the thing I think about Mustafa Ali though is that I think he's the kind of person that says this is the perfect time to challenge these this idea of the oh like the no compete and all that. Well, the non-compete and how legally that can matter if you're technically, you know, like a freelance employee to some degree, mm-hmm. like it would be a really interesting yeah. fight to start. And Mustafa can, Ali, know. and he's 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 managed by Andrew Yang. Oof. All right, you went there. I, I didn't. All right. <laughs> Recently married. The photos online looked lovely. Looks like a lovely ceremony. Keith Lee. I mean, that could be. Yeah, yeah I could see that. That one's like the easiest one to happen. Like that's mm-hmm. the one that's like he's free and clear. Yeah. It's you know. All right. And then this is the wild card of all wild cards, DP. Wednesday on Dynamite, Isaiah Cassidy versus Shane McMahon. <laughs> that would be the most fun. That would be the that would be the best <laughs> one. That's that's what I'm rooting for now. I want Shane McMahon to win that match, and I want Shane McMahon to win the ladder match to face the champion. Uh, like, so I, uh, yeah, I want Shane McMahon grabbing the brass ring <laughs> and I just mean, screaming, the, "Dad, do you believe in me now?" Yeah, as he yeah. holds it. Uh, so I don't know. There you go. But it's always fun. Now I do think that this is one of those things that Khan like needs to take a little easy on. We can't every three weeks have like... You keep saying that, but he keeps signing people. <laughs> I know. Well, no, I'm not saying like he, he can't. I'm just saying like uh, you you yeah. don't want your show to become reliant because that's kind of what happened to WCW. Yeah. It got so fun there in the NWO, uh, NWO mm-hmm. era when it's like, who's going to show up? Who's going to be here? Oh my God. It's, it's you know. <laughs> and then when that uh, stops, you're like, ah, oh, well, 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 this isn't as much fun. Horace so. Hogan. <laughs> F-U-N-B. So. All right, there you go. But that's That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Can't wait. Definitely. Sounds good. 